Welcome back to another episode of the All Music Is Good podcast, the podcast that takes a deep dive into four recently released albums, and we get right in there to try and work out what's great and sometimes not so great about each one. This week we'll be looking at albums from Bus Crates, Grimes, Cosmos Midnight, and Niles Frayne. But before we get into the episode, let me say hello to Mr. Tyneco himself, the A10 of the All Music Is Good podcast, Mr. Arik Bloom. Arik, welcome back. Thank you, Waza. It's good to see you. It's been uh, it feels like it feels like a, a, a generation ago uh, since we last uh, linked up. What, it so um, does. It really does. I I um I was thinking of the right word to kind of define what two weeks off looks like, and I thought in grown up language it could have been that I was on annual leave. Um, it could have been that I was seconded to doing something else. So I I seconded myself to um to uh i don't know uh watching lots of news um that was yep. what my secondment did um and the other thing i thought it was a sabbatical I, I had a sabbatical i went on uh i left i left my current self and i went somewhere else that's how it's well felt. you could look at it well you could look at it like i mean in reality in podcast reality we've only actually taken a week off because we did um, record two episodes in the one week so That's really true. it's only been one and so I mean maybe you might be one of those employees that actually doesn't do much and so maybe no one even noticed that you were gone for a week so it could it's be that highly, as well it is highly likely it is highly likely it also kind of shines a really really bright light on what show business is like you know I mean people think that show business is like we're getting together every week but actually in show business what we're doing is we're like doing a whole bunch of tapings and then we're releasing them that's a little secret about show business well did you notice tonight that i um i went off in a different direction with the intro like i, I thought maybe the time has come to uh to end the the comparisons the, the, i mean you know you could call it negging i guess it was a bit on of a, negging on a, some sort of lower level of neg but um, I, I figured that maybe, I mean, this podcast, this is the 12th episode tonight, and, and I was thinking of it in nautical terms, and I figured that we, we've sailed out of the, the harbour for our first 11 episodes, and we've tacked, we've set sail, and we're off in a different direction now. We're off on I our like journey. I like that. I like Did you check that one with um, Jessica Watson, our uh, Instagram like of the week from, I think it was episode five? Well, if she actually posted on Instagram, then I might have checked. But I didn't even know. It might not even be real. Who knows? It might not be real. I would suggest maybe this week we comment on, like, we can't, we go to one of her posts and we comment about the fact that our 12th episode to see us tack somewhere, see if we get a response. Yes. I mean, I could ask Layla Ali because she's she's all over it. She is strong on the IG. She is so is um, CAC. Stories. Cack's Cack. all oh, over is it. she? Yeah, I yeah, she's busy. so much. It's Layla, Layla this and Layla that, and a bit of VJ out in the links still, yeah. and James Vanderbeek loves to... Uh, he, he gets his kids out there, and he's, you know, he's a good dad. He's very prolific. Uh, he is prolific. How are you, dude? I mean, it's uh, it's a strange day today. It's a strange day. Like it's uh, I'm a bit discombobulated because... 
I was in, uh, well, it's Sunday night, we're taping here, and I turn the TV on, the freaking brown is on TV, and it's like, what is going on? It's on a Monday night, something's weird, it's happening. Yeah. I, I was in yeah. Coles, and they were playing Midnight Blue by Lou Graham, I'm like, God, I had that on my 987 right on track album, I mean, geez, just more 80s influences that we'll even get into tonight, and we can travel 25 kilometers from home as of tonight, I mean, it's freaking all happening today. It is really exciting. I mean, I have a few plans of where I'm going to travel you know, for 25 kilometers. Um, I'm hoping to just basically hit Eastland, Northland and Southland. Um, <laughs> Very and nautical. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Westland doesn't exist, right? High Point, I guess. I might try and... Oh, yeah, I might, High Point. Yeah. I, might, I might try do that, a little bit of a loop and... Um, and maybe just buy like a grilled burger at each of the shopping centres and just see oh. if there's a difference. Do you, what's your favourite grilled burger? Because I have changed. I'm onto the not meat burgers at grilled and the mushroom burgers. They're Whoa. magnificent. Well, I've actually been having a grilled burger every Friday night for the past two months. It's been a bit of a tradition. Mm-hmm. And um, I was right into. I used to be a simply grilled guy. It was simple pleasures, simply grilled. Um, mm. But then I kind of moved uh, along and I started getting... I got the uh, truffle burger, which is delicious. Mm. And Mm -hmm. then just last... And then I went crispy bacon for a couple of weeks. But then I just went pickles and mustard with crispy bacon last week. And that's definitely the one that's winning. Um, Is that with a meat patty? Meat patty. Meat patty, yeah. Okay. Yeah, try the the not meat burgers. They're they're amazing. Really good. There you go. Official podcast sponsor. <laughs> oh, well, we could go there, but they just seemed a bit too obvious. Oh, do you know no, what? Really. Um, we got a like from uh, the ChiroCare mattresses. They, they started following us. Yeah. That is huge. That is huge. I might send a few comments. I might start commenting relentlessly on their posts just about music every time they post one of their mattresses. Do it. Yeah, we've got um. Who have we got? We got High Core followed us um for all your chemical needs and Chirocare. So that's that's two out of two out of eleven. Ain't bad. Two out of eleven is a good good result. Um, I don't even so, I don't even know if we've tagged the ones from the the recent ones. So maybe we should start doing that. We need to so get was, on that, mate. So was it? You know, the last uh the last couple of weeks have been some big news. I think for you um which might be a nice little segue into where we're going. Um, I just wanted to say a big, uh, you know, muzzle tov to you and, of course, uh, the person that you're about to introduce on some great work and perhaps we'll talk about that shortly. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate that. Um, yes, it has been a couple of big weeks, some massive weeks. I mean, in the words of Donald Trump, I guess you could say, I mean, this is this album is amazing. Like, it's a very, very big album. <laughs> It, it could have sold over a million copies. I don't know. That's what they say. Some people are saying 85% that's of what I'm people hearing. were saying that they, that's, they could have sold this many. No, that's what they're saying to me. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're saying. I don't know. I just retweet it. But um, look, it's it's been a big week. And look, we're, we're really happy to have her back on tonight. Uh, she was our guest in episode three. I think our very first guest. Our very, our very first, first billion kid. selling our very first billion-selling guest, that's and, right. Uh, and that ain't that ain't no lie. That ain't no lie. That is that is dead true. There's there's no hint of fakery about that. Um, she's just released her latest album. This is what happiness looks like. Out now in all record stores around Australia, around the globe. For those who are listening, 
internationally. And it is my greatest honor to welcome her back to the show tonight, the wonderful, the lovely Miss Kylie Aldist. Oh my God. Thank you so much, you guys. That's too much. It's too much. Stop. Please stop. I mean, the album's going, it's killing it, Kylie. It's doing so well. Gang million busters. copies, apparently. <laughs> One million <laughs> copies. One million <laughs> copies. I've, uh, are we running the fact checker? Are we running the fact checkers on this? Was yeah, we're, we're not posting on Twitter. This comes we're not with a little, Twitter, that's for sure. a little bit of information, and it comes with a little, a little bit of a, a mum's, you know, word in your ear. Don't believe your own press. Don't believe your own press. No, you weigh your press. Unless oh, you you're writing, <laughs> unless you're writing your own press, it's and then true. You like most of my friends, it. oh, that's amazing. I heard this happen, and that happened, and this happened. And I said, yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> No, well, look, in, in all seriousness, like, you know, we, we worked on this album, Kylie and I worked on this album with a number of other people in the Melbourne music scene for the last three years. It's uh, it's finally come out. It's a relief um, and it's exciting. I mean, you know, you know what it's like, Eric. You you work your butt off and you put something out and you've got to enjoy your, your one week or your three or four days in the <laughs> sun while everyone's saying congratulations. It's um yeah. look. I'd probably liken it to the kind of way that you felt, you know, after the you know opening night of a school musical. It's like <laughs> you know, you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse, and then bang, you just you slay the encore and you walk out of the what is it called the stage door, stage door, yep. yeah, and stage and door. there's there's everyone there to greet you and say how fantastic you were, and um you know give you flowers and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I mean, that's my experience with um, <laughs> musical success. So I mean, my, I my, I'm flipping back to when my drama teacher uh, said, don't get ahead of yourself when we came off feeling that, that success. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get ahead good. of yourself. I mean, it's not that good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bitter old drama teacher. Yeah. Yeah, you learned so much yeah. from that teacher was because every time I go, oh, this is awesome. We're doing really good. He goes, yeah, not that good. Whatever. So, yeah. yeah, it's a tough customer. Um, look, was that Kylie? Um, you know, as uh, as someone who you, I guess watched from a distance and you know, uh, basically just saw how hard both of you guys are working. It's pretty pretty fucking amazing that you have got to this point. Um, you're, that you're still friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric. That's very kind of when you say um, we, I think you mean was. <laughs> was does most of the work, as you understand. I mean, being in, on the inside track with me and was, you know that was is the kind of guy that has a couple of jobs and a family and does actually do things. And I myself am <laughs> not that guy. So yes, it is amazing that was is still friends with me. Thank you, was. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing, and um, the record sounds incredible. Um, and you know, I mean, and if you know, for those tuning in for the first time, this whole podcast has basically been all set up and geared towards episode twelve, when, when we invite you back, <laughs> literally a week after you release the record. So, again, another big congratulations to Waza for this beautiful piece of, um, you know, strat strategic placement. It's um, it's an absolute, it's an absolute honor to have you, Kylie. Um, so Thank apart you, from, you know, apart from, um, I guess, you know, selling a million copies and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, being, you know, a huge success with, you know, so many accolades, what else has yeah. been happening? Well, today I've been, um, I, I cleaned the whole house cause you know, it's Sunday. So I'm wow. pretty excited. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I've, I started on this new app about fasting and because, you know, we're in lockdown here in Melbourne and there's li literally zero else to do. So I, I do whatever my phone tells me when I'm not doing what was tells me. And I um, <laughs> I had a little, a little job to do and it said, guess what your job is today? Clean the house and use it as exercise. And guess what I do every day anyway? This is winning for me. This is my life. I am so on fire. You look fire. great, by the way. You actually look, you look knockout. How long yeah, have you been doing this fasting thing for? You can't actually see me. No, like I, I can you know, see. The thing is that right, I do this fasting thing, which means that on the, when I'm actually allowed to eat, I eat double the amount I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I also go, yes, I'm allowed to drink from lunchtime. So, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's just stopping me from drinking at breakfast time. So, you know, that's a <laughs> That is a win. That is a win. That's fasting. Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's the definition of fasting. That's how I define fasting. Yes, thank you. Anyway, I'm excited. Uh, what else, mate? Anything well, else? Garden. I've been doing a lot of gardening, and I, I have been, thanked God for spring. Uh, been painting your fence. I, I would not have survived lockdown because, you know, they said to us uh, probably in March it'll be six weeks, and where are we now? What are we doing? Uh, what's the date? I have stopped looking. At the at the at the date, I've stopped um, knowing anything about the date. I'm not even interested. My girlfriend's booked me in like three months ago for lunch this Monday, and I just pretended that it wasn't going to happen. So then, when it actually happened, it was like they were like, "Oh, so you're going to be there?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's here." I mean, I'm still waiting for someone to come on the news tonight and tell me I'm not actually allowed to go and have lunch with them tomorrow. Well, um, I think so um, I think one of the new restrictions was no podcasting. Um, Really? They said, you know, you, oh I yeah, no, you can't, po <laughs> you can't, you can't podcast anymore in Victoria. It's just um, well, I think illegal. That's, that's a fair call because you know we've you've done it to death. How, what week are you up to now, you guys? Well, we're, we're up to week twelve. Um, Kylie, I had a yeah, yeah. I had a question. I, I recall just a couple of weeks after we saw you last, um, you were painting your fence. I did. I painted it inside and out, mate. And I have walked past it every day, inside, round, round, like looking for little bits that weren't painted. I've got that down. I've got every single spot painted on that fence. Um, yeah, so today I, I vacuumed and I mopped every inch of my house. I also dusted. That was exciting. All my socks are folded in the right place. And um, <laughs> hard hitting. Yeah, hard hitting. All, <laughs> all the sheets are washed. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, I've been writing some top lining. I've been doing some top lining stuff with a lot of people. Uh, Lance Ferguson's been very kind and got me on board to do some cool stuff. I don't know where it goes, but as Lance always says to me, you just you just throw some shit at the wall and see if it sticks. So, so this is this is what Kylie does. She goes, I've been uh, doing the sheets and painting fences. Oh, I've just been doing a couple of million southern top lines as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, but oh, that's, that's in, in between, in between yeah. doing in between the the socks and the sheets. Yeah, oh, Sony just wanted me to do a couple of top lines. Maybe Columbia. I don't know who they are. Yeah, you yeah. can't find anything with dirty sheets, guys. You know that. I agree. You know that. I mean, look at this shit. Look, you know? this is Arik. He's was. I was listening to your podcast today with the, with Chip, and it was saying Arik has the cleanest bedroom in Melbourne. Now, what is this I see before me? <laughs> the sheets look a bit lumpy. Come yeah, on. it needs to be uh, straightened a bit, or iron. No, Maybe you need to iron the doona. I do need to iron the doona. <laughs> well, how about we just get into this? How about we get into uh, our first segment of the evening, Eric? I'd love that. Let's go. All right. So each week, 
each week we uh, we like no do we like yeah we like, we like, <laughs> it's, been, we like. it's been a few weeks off I've forgotten <laughs> the all music is good podcast like one person <laughs> yeah we, we no no I just need to remember it the Instagram the all music is good podcast choose one person from the global stratosphere of Instagram to receive the honour that we bestow upon them by liking their Instagram. Uh, profile. So this week, Arik and Kylie, we're going Australian, and mm. this person was one of Australia's original Golden Girls. Mm. Okay. You want to have a guess? Have you already? I reckon I know who it is. <laughs> I reckon I know who it is. Should I give the other clues? No, no, no. I'm just going to go for it. Kylie, Kylie Minogue. No, 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 no way. Oh. Haley Lewis. Oh, oh she's a swimmer. Okay, so you're I don't both know. wrong. You're both wrong, okay? But okay. I'll give you another go because that was, right. you know, that was hard. She's she's a successful businesswoman. She part owns an aviation company as well as a health supplements company. Is it Elle McPherson? She re- a golden girl. It's got to be a bit more subtle than that. Kylie, we don't go for your out and out <laughs> superstars. It's a bit sort of. Have you not been listening to these <laughs> these fucking episodes? I have, but it's just, it changes it up so I, I, I get that though, because I did say she part owns an aviation company. That's pretty significant. Anyway, uh, she represented Australia at three Olympic Games, but never won a gold medal. Although she won a number of Commonwealth Games gold medals. I don't know anything about. Oh sports. look. Shit's okay, I'm gonna give. Oh. I'm just gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep right. going with the clues because I've got okay. two more. Okay. okay, she had a high-profile marriage in the '80s to the original Nutrigrain spokesperson. I know, I know exactly who it is. Children, Lisa Curry Kenny. Together, it's got to be Lisa Curry Kenny. Yes. She yes. she now lives on the Sunshine Coast, po- possibly possibly within the 10 kilometers of the Budrum Tavern, but Ooh. I can't confirm or deny that fact. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome into the All Music Is Good Hall of Fame Instagram like category Lisa Curry. Go, Ari! That was awesomely done. Oh, you're amazing. Yeah, although, when you said, you. although I wish I had have said Hayley Lewis now. Hayley Lewis is a lot more obscure. I should have done that. It's totally. I've been here for all night. <laughs> Lisa Curry <laughs> Kenny. Wow. Curry. Just Curry now. Just Curry. Oh, so she yeah, changed she's it. the. Yeah. No, no, it was She's, like um, in the nineties. Uh, ah, gotcha. So I recall her doing a special K ad back in the back in the early nineties. Am I right, or would have it just been Nutrigrain? I don't know. I know she came back. Like she she became a mum, then she bec- she came back to swimming at I think it might have been the Auckland Commonwealth Games. Ah, yes. Uh, and she won some gold medal. Oh, maybe she won a silver medal. I don't know. She won some medals, but it was a big thing at the time. Oh my God, she's had kids and she's coming back to <laughs> swim. I mean, that's just crazy. It is, uh, right? So that happened. That, that was a big thing. But she was a swimsuit model. and um, But, you know, she was a fantastic swimmer. She's a great fit swimmer. woman. She's, a, she's an amazing role model. Um, and she just, she's a golden girl. Australia's, one of Australia's original yes. golden girls. Yeah. That, Although um, Shane Gould. Shane Gould may have been the original Golden Girl, I think, but that might be a bit obscure even for you, Eric. I mean, your age, maybe Shane Gould. Well, a speaking bit, about the Nutrigrain sort of type uh, thing, this morning I was reading on my um, 
my fastic kind of my my app that about Kellogg, you know that guy that that invented breakfast cereal apparently. Mm-hmm. And okay. yeah, and no, his name was Kellogg, so I think it was. Uh, oh, so that's the company. Yeah. Yeah. So that um yeah. So his his idea was that um eating he thought that eating uh that masturbation was bad for you. And that if you ate really boring foods, it would stop you from wanting to go there. So he created like wow. foods like um, cornflakes and yeah, other things that we all know about. That's incredible. That's insane. And, and he said that breakfast was the best meal when it was the most important meal. When in fact they found that it isn't that important. It's about you know the longer that you can fast, the better. And so he was saying no, but um, yeah, you need to stop masturbating. So you need to have boring food to stop you from wanting to do that. I think we're about due for an intervention, was it? I think um, Kylie's actually been inducted into some crazy weird breakfast cult. That, yeah, that's um, very QAnon, you know, isn't it? Calogonon or Kanon. Totally. I mean, she's not eating breakfast anymore, and now no. and now there's all this abstinence shit going on. Yeah, like, and Grant Kenny's probably the leader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the original Nutrigone Iron Man. Greg, he runs an aviation company. He sponsors it all through his aviation company. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's either it's either Grant Kenny or like Koshy on like morning TV, like just totally. down the barrel kind of, you know, some subtle. sort of Queensland slash South Australian weirdness. <laughs> Absolutely, do you reckon? <laughs> totally. You just lost the heap of audience there, guys. Like, I know we just <sighs> completely killed the morning TV market. <laughs> <laughs> Koshy would be after us. We'll, oh there'll be God. a feature story on us tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. I watched Peter hey, Credlin this morning. Oh, God. Anyway, that's look, enough of that. I mean, before, we move on, before we move on, I just wanted to quickly ask, I mean, this is the question on, like, I guess my lips and probably another one million people who yeah. have, you know, bought the records lips is, <laughs> um, you've basically said this is what happiness looks like. So, I said it. Can you just, can you describe it? What does it look like? I mean... I would say more your record is this is what happiness sounds like. Yeah, I know. It's kind of, I, I guess, but yeah. I mean, looking and sounding are very much the same thing, aren't they? And That's um, true. And, and feeling, you know, because music is really about hearing and feeling, but you can't you can't touch it. So you may as well say this is what it looks like. It's like when you try to understand a woman, it's like saying, this, how do you smell the number seven? I mean, it's like. What, 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 yeah, it's like saying how, well, yeah, understanding what the color seven smells like. So, trying to understand what happiness looks like is very much the same thing as trying to understand what makes me tick. So, for sure, I because I just too, because like, if you're if you're saying what does it sound like, you're basically this is what happiness sounds like, you're telling them this is happiness, but That's if you true. say this is what it looks, this is what it looks like, I mean, this is what, what it looks, looks like, like to, to me, me, maybe, yeah, this is what it looks like. So, what's the where I'm standing. What's the um? What's the condition when you see, uh, when you see colors in music? What's it called? Oh, what is um, it called? I'll find it out later. Okay, um, do I do remember the, uh, the. I read an interview with the girl. Um, who who was one of the girls who played with Prince? Um, in the band. Um, Wendy and Lisa. Uh, yeah. Um, one of those girls when she was auditioning for Prince. She she was saying she she saw sound and color so yeah. synesthesia that's what it's called it's called synesthesia so given synesthesia I can one hundred percent that would actually be a legitimate um, condition where where you look at where you hear music and you see what it looks like so that so that so that could be well you trying that, to 
Were you trying to insinuate that it wasn't? No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that. That, that, that we called it something and it wasn't a, a true fact. No. In fact, I was leading I was leading towards I was leading towards a much nicer place. Thank you very much, Waza. I was leading He's towards a, nice a place player. where I took a I took a few screenshots of us podcasting and to me that is what happiness looks like. Oh, oh ma, you're beautiful, Arik. And that's why I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of this. It's too much of a love fest. Let's uh, let's get into some hating. <laughs> Should we? No, not. not let's hating. get into it. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, Carly, for coming on. We're gonna take a quick break and get into our first album of the night. So the first album we have for you this evening is Bus Crates Blasting Off. Bus Crates is a DJ, musician and vinyl junkie from the steel city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Since childhood, he's always gravitated towards the myriad of sounds coming from the stereo system of his father who did some DJing in the early 80s. Anything from Roy Ayers to Steve Miller to Gil Scott Heron could be heard at home on a Saturday morning. A very young... Uh, Orlando Marshall, a.k.a. Crates, had his first experience behind a set of turntables in the summer of 1986 when a local DJ at the party let him get on the turntables while doubles of cameos word up, singles spun on the 1200s. Although he has a wide range of inspirations, the most influential are the drum machine and synth-heavy grooves of the early 80s, uh, early to mid-80s boogie and the sample-laden neck-snapping MPC sequences of early 90s hip-hop. His productions can lean one way or the other, or be a mixture of both. In addition to his vast knowledge of music, he's lately become known for being an analog synthesizer aficionado. Bus Crate's home setup includes the Rhodes, Clavinet D6, several Moogs synths, and many others. A quantum leap of sorts from the minimal setup on which he began producing tracks, an Sonic EPS sampler, and an off-brand DJ turntable with a stack of records. A deeper exploration of funk began as part of the East Liberty Quarters trio consisting of Bus and two of his close friends. They released two EPs on Rotating Souls Records and performed for the first time as openers to Damn Funk in 2011. Bus Crates continued his exploration as a solo artist on his six-track electro-funk EP, The Spectrum, in 2014. During this time, he also had a grasp on his more hip-hop and soulful side, which can be heard in works with uh, collaborators Mecca83 from the UK, his production with Ian Wallace under the name Extra Medium, a solo all-instrumental cassette tape release Home Again in 2017, and most recently on the joint effort with Portland-based MC Liberetto Eternal Riding. Um, He's just released his first full-length LP on Bastard Jazz Recordings called Blasting Off. So, guys, look, this is the first album of two boogie disco dance floor albums we're looking at tonight. Uh, Both stylistically sort of sitting in similar wheelhouses, but both quite different in their execution. So, I came across Bus Crates about five years ago, probably about the same time as I started playing live with you, Kylie. Um, His Instagram account was just littered with these, like, one-minute bedroom producer bangers. Like, just jaw-dropping electro-funk hooks and 
like I'd actually just have to stop watching it sometimes because like I'd, I'd look at him and go, I can't touch what this guy's doing. Like I'm sort of, I'm sitting in this world doing these sort of, you know, boogie, you know, soul electro jams. And this guy is on another level. And so it was actually quite intimidating. Uh, so I've been hanging for bus crates to put something out for years, knowing how good he was. Um, this album hits hard on the open opener. Uh, the track's called Believe, which features the vocalist Ander. Um, the song does everything his bio says. It's got that hip-hop slow jam vibe of the early 90s R&B scene, but it's obviously rooted in 80s electro soul. Like, to me, it was a banger. Um, it's the type of track that would be like a closer in a live set, um, uh, and it just came out hard, and it got me really excited. Then we got to track two, and that sort of confused me. Like, why would you follow a banger with with an instrumental? I mean, it's not a it's not a bad instrumental, but for me, it spoiled the momentum. And this started to become a common thread for me throughout this album. So, track three, Kylie, I'm interested to get your take on this, but it had a very Evelyn Champagne King vibe to it. Um, maybe too much because the chorus was really, really similar to Love Come Down. Um, like if you sing Love Come Down over that chorus, like it's exactly the same, mm. like it's dun, 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 whatever the mm. the lyrics were. Um, but, you know, maybe when you're doffing your cap to Underground Masters, maybe that's okay. Um, like you and I know that track. Do you know Love Come Down, Eric? I don't, you but I do never- know that... I do know that um, doffing a cap is an incredibly great <laughs> turn of phrase. I believe one doffs a cap at uh, a graduation ceremony. So I'd actually just like to note that I'm thoroughly impressed. <laughs> I thought I was the only person in my, in my world that used that. So Look, look, I think we'll just mark down 35 minutes on the uh, time and just save it for the Instagram story. During great, call. <laughs> great call. But it looks swinging, you know, you can look at it on the flip side. Like, I think a lot of people who are going to look at this album, Kylie, will know who Evelyn Champagne King is mm-hmm. and who will know that song. So, look, I guess make up your own mind. But to me, it walked a pretty fine line. Uh, track four was, again, instrumental with VBs. Track five, instrumental, which was a nice sort of jam. Track six, 89, was a vocal track, also a nice vibe. Track seven was Sure Shot. Um, featuring DJ Epic, and that's that was the original single, and I had a bit of a K-Tronada vibe to it. And, you know, I could imagine that being a really nice mid-tempo dance floor banger. Um, how are you going to do it with Kate Modi? I really like this tune, and I thought that should have been higher up um, on the list. Track 9 and 10, again, instrumental. So, look, to summarise for me, look, Bus Crates has got some serious key skills. Um, he mines the boogie universe. He's got the ARPA Moog synth hooks. He fuses it with late 80s, 90s, early underground hip-hop beats. But look, as an overall piece of work, I've got to be honest and say, I didn't think it was super cohesive and that disappointed me as I really wanted to love this album hard and I had high expectations. I think it would have, this album would have been better served as possibly two EPs, maybe one EP. Um, some of the instrumentals seemed like they needed vocals, maybe a different... Well, maybe a producer might have come in with a different set of ears and helped identify a few of the issues here. Uh, the opening track, Believe, was the clear standout song. Um, I loved it. And I, I, I genuinely love wallowing in, like, bus crate synth and production universe. Um, look, musically, this is my bag at the moment. But, again, the songs overall weren't strong enough for me to fully bond with it as an overall piece of work. So that was my take. I'm interested to know what you thought of it, Kylie. 
What is our scoring situation today, guys? We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, well, I, okay. That's Arik. Right. That's Arik's okay. duty. Okay, so, guys, I'm sorry she to say... She wants to score I, it now, Arik. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I just want to know where I'm at. Okay, so... I'm she wants to my... score my review. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I just want you to know that I didn't make notes today. Like, I was going to get there, but I just kept on listening to everything. And today, like, it seems like I always have two hands full. Like, I walked down to the to to the shops to you know, do whatever yeah. and and I had the dog in one hand and the shopping in the other hand and I was like listening to the music and then I'm like oh, I'd like to think about this but like what's the song called oh god I have to look and I have to press the thing to make sure that I go that's what I that is I'm thinking this thought about that song so there's a few songs that I pressed the button and looked at what it was called but most of the time but for this album I felt when I was hanging out the washing and I was listening to this today I was thinking as a top liner myself you know there was yeah as you said there's a lot of songs that were you know that that sort of left a lot of space for a vocalist and um but but then again while I was thinking that thing I was thinking wait but wait but wait because every song just kind of like the instrumentals mostly sorry they would set up like they would fully set up like there would be drums and then there would be keys and then there would be a little bit of a solid then there'd be something that'd be like oh okay so wait no it's not my turn yet it's not my turn yet it's not my turn yet and like thinking as a vocalist I'm waiting for my turn to come in it's like oh yeah I'm about to jump rope oh no wait Oh, no, wait. So there was always something, you know, he, he always had something in the bag. There was always something beautiful that was coming forth and then he was showing, okay, we're doing this now and now this is happening. And I Look, it's interesting that. that you say that, Kylie. It's interesting you say that because that's very reminiscent of what he would do on his Instagram posts. Like he'd set up the grooves and then quickly add something that he'd, you'd see him play a synth hook or something and it just would keep building and that was his thing for two minutes. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, which is, not, which is good and, and I'm glad to, to and I'm glad that he did keep my interest in that way because I was like, okay, when is my turn to make my melody? You know, like I'm waiting for my space. And, and I never really found a space in a lot of them. Like there was always times, I mean, I can always find a melody over something but I didn't feel that there was an, a gaping hole in any of his instrumentals that I needed to fill you know because that's what that's what I'm trained to, to fill but you know what happened to me was like you know when you're listening to these albums and they keep going on through to the radio or something that shows you the stuff that reminds you of this like because mm. you're listening to this yeah, yeah. and so what yeah but so what happens is that I got through to Laura Benack, I think is a Benack, and she's singing a song called You Got Me or Maybe It's Time, I don't know what it was called, but that's with him. And it was like, oh, whoa, who's this chick? And it was like, it was beautiful. I loved it. And she did it. She did an amazing track with him. So, like, at least at least Spotify took me there, you know, it took me to somewhere that, because obviously, you know, I mean, I did nothing on the album really. Spotify stuck. took me away from this album. No, but it <laughs> took me to his other music that he did with another person because I was like waiting to be able to find the spot. And she actually found the spot. She did it. Like the other singers on there, they were a little bit, everything reminded me. It was like, oh, I don't know. It was a bit like. Yeah, the singing was yeah. a bit lacking. Like it wasn't like they were top quality, was it? I mean, that's really hard well, to say no, actually. I, don't, I mean, I don't know about top quality or anything. I, I always feel like something's amazing when people say that it's not. But then when you listen to it, I'm like, okay, in some ways these people are just repeating the same thing over and over or they're just doing a melody mm. that doesn't really take me anywhere or there's not there's no chorus or there's yeah. no i don't know it just yeah nothing memorable nothing came out at me i yeah. mean maybe you know that, that that might be an interesting kind of thing to kind of look at because i guess especially with this whole sort of space where there are producer people making beats and doing things and creating aesthetics um yeah. i'd be curious to know in, in your world kylie like especially when you're kind of called set for like a top line thing it's a bit different that that co-writing space as it say may have been you know back 
10, 15 years ago where like people sit at a piano or, you know, a, a guitar and actually songwrite together. It seems as though there is a difference these days where beats are kind of cooked and done and then producers are just throwing them at vocalists going, now just can you sing something? Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, like I sing stuff over weird shit that people just pick out the pick the eyes out of it and take the bits that they like and then just, you know, just sample that. So, Mm-mm. you know, I, I understand it. It's just it's just about, I mean, my voice becomes an instrument. It's not like I need to be singing a whole song over everything. I just want to add a part. And, sure. you know, I can, I can just add like three words and then they can flip it up and make it, you know, like put candy on a stick for, for the rest of the, the, the track, just put it wherever they want. And, yeah, mm. I just felt like he, he didn't need it. It was like he was like, I'm happy. I'm happy I've got what I want. I'm right. doing what I want. I'm enjoying myself. And I like that. Mm. It, it, it was calming. It was like, oh, I'm not waiting. You know, I don't need the the chorus. It wasn't a pop song. It's not pops. It's not pop songs. You know, it's like no. I, don't, I don't need this the the chorus to come in now. I don't. I don't need to this or don't need. It was like very kind of like relaxing. It's like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. I'm just playing a bit of shit, and I'm just gonna play some more shit and play some more shit. It's all nice. It's all good. Look, beat makers and producers definitely approach things differently than like a like a regular songwriter once would. I think like I was I was thinking about it today and listening to this and was thinking like you know all these are geared to sort of you know club club sort of vibes you know maybe down tempo mid tempo sort of um, club settings and but then if you think of something like you know maybe a Prince song or you know maybe 1999 take that for example like it, it's it's a banger but it's not a it's not banging in a club setting like it's an actual song as opposed and it's been written by a songwriter to be a song not something that you'd mix in with something else or you you flavor i mean does that make sense yeah and i yeah. did i did feel the prints coming out at me here and there you know with some of the melodies and some of the even some of the singers like there was, there was a lot of prince melodies i felt like uh, if is this is what it felt like to be back in the day in the club with prince playing and somebody singing you know because it was like very much the same melodies and the same feel Mm, mm, mm. like dirty mind or whatever you know from that album where people i just i thought i imagined it to be like that i would have liked to see that um yes i'm glad that people were still doing that would like as an overall feeling did like did did you do you feel like the record like took you to a place that the producer or the creator of the record was hoping to take you like did it create those kind of imageries around the first time i heard it i was like i love this this is awesome you know i really liked it i I love the feel of it yeah i really love the i mean i i'm bass driven in my in my heart i love i that's what i feel that's what i hear and that's what i feel i don't don't know which instruments play the bass but whatever plays the bass that's what i listen to Mm -mm. i thought the bass lines were really fucking cooking on this it was um yeah funky super funky i mean i might i might segue into my little my little bit um around what the things that popped up for me um well i guess first first point of call is that uh i completely mispronounced this guy's name i called him buscrates um instead <laughs> of it. instead of instead of bus crates which uh yeah, which football. which which led us to a bit of a conversation <laughs> about the pronunciation of Reservoir and Berwick, but uh, perhaps we can we can put that in our podcast outtakes season finale special. Um, but uh, look, for me, I got into it like it kicked off. Uh, believe track one gave me a real kind of boogie meets TLC vibe. 
um, yeah, which nice. just yeah. just kind of hearing how you guys have reviewed it, it totally had this sort of boogie thing on the one hand and then this sort of like late 90s, early 2000s R&B thing. So I'm glad that we're on the same page with that. I mean, part of me was also like, a, my first listen to it was like, oh, it's got a bit of an Erica Badu thing. And then I was like, nah, it's definitely not Erica Badu. I think it was just the tone in the vocalist voice more than anything. It wasn't actually Erica Badu kind of sounding melodies. Um, for me, Take a Ride was the moment that the album felt like it got into its swing. I, I love the tempo, I love the feel, and it felt like I was driving in Miami, even though I've never been to Miami. But I would imagine <laughs> nice. that that's what it would feel like to drive around in Miami. Um, and then How Are You Going, How Are You Going to Do It? I, I enjoyed that song. I thought mm. that, um, you know, looking at that, that top line thing that you were saying, Kylie, before, it felt like that was a nice sort of synergy between vocal and production um, and just kind of grooved along. Um, I, I Am With You was like, this didn't knock me for six. Uh, it's, you know, it's certainly like, okay, if I wanted a boogie reference, I'd go and listen to it. But um, mm. but it's like, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't something that sort of like sets the the bar for this sort of no. music i think i think we've actually got some more interesting stuff happening locally in melbourne in that space so uh but but Look, production- I, I don't get me wrong the production was killer like the the sounds used the production the way you put it together sounded wicked no no doubt about that but um yeah i agree it's it was it was lacking it was, it was missing the magic how did you totally. find it I, I think i told you that at the start i used to watch him on instagram Oh, that's so, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sorry. was I? I'll go, back, I'll go back and listen. <laughs> yeah, Kylie, rewind. Go back and listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can oh. wait to Friday when it comes out, then you can go back and listen to the story <laughs> at the start. Like, oh god, I should. Because I don't want to waste time on the podcast to like explain the game. Yeah, go back to the go back to the thirty minute mark, roughly, give or take. <laughs> I will. I'm recording it at home, and I will. I'll go back and listen. I'll just excuse me. I love it. I love it. VHS. You're pressing stop on the. You're pressing stop on the commercial breaks. I love that. Uh, I I think we've uh, we've we've dissected this one, and I think it's time to uh, to review it. Are we going to do this? Are we are we are we are we tacking the same way? Are we? We, we, We're heading off in the same direction. We are. We are absolutely tacking in the same way. Was okay. I? Okay. Let's do this. So every week, um, we here at the All Music Is Good podcast like to basically acknowledge our unofficial podcast sponsor. Um, for those that are tuning in for the first time, the unofficial podcast sponsor does not know that they are the unofficial podcast sponsor, nor has contributed anything necessarily mat- of material worth to the podcast. However, uh, they certainly have had an impact on the podcast presenters. So. Without further ado, I would like to introduce to you the unofficial podcast sponsor for this week, Escuela Cubano de Boxeo in Australia. Yeah. Woo! Yes. All right. Escuela Cubano. Escuela Cubano de Boxeo in Australia is a Cuban boxing school run by the Cuban boxing champion, Argelio Hernandez Ruiz. Fantastic. Um, Is this your boxing teacher, Arik? Yes, it's my boxing teacher. And does he know that you're shouting him out? No, but but I'll be telling him 
Hell no. Yeah, Hell this no. is not unofficial. This is official. This is actually <laughs> official. This is official. We'll have to take this one to the board. Well, it sounds very so, sexy to me. Thank you. So, Escuela Cubano de Boxing in Australia is a boxing school run by the champion uh, boxer from Santiago de Cuba, Argelio Hernandez Ruiz. He's had over 500 professional fights in Cuba. And he is... Fuck. He has uh, he's tacked here in Melbourne, Australia, as of about a year ago, and uh, is currently training people um, in the park uh, in the style of Cuban boxing. So let me quickly, I'll do it. Well, it might not be that quickly, but let me tell you guys a little bit about the history of Cuban boxing, and then we might get onto our rating scale. Awesome. So, did he really box- have five hundred fights? Is that fake news? He, no, no, no. That's absolutely true. Uh, he's been wow. boxing. He's, he's been boxing uh, since he was eight years old and had his first professional fight at fifteen. What's um, his face look like? He looks beautiful. <laughs> Stunning. He's a good fighter. Stunning. <laughs> he's very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, boxing originally arrived in Cuba as a tourist attraction, mainly as championship bouts between North American boxers during the high tourist season. In 1909, Hav- um, Havana had its first professional fight. In 1910, a Chilean named John Budnich established the first boxing academy in Havana. Two years later, the government banned boxing due to violence on the streets and boxing matches had to go behind closed doors as it grew popular throughout the island. Despite the banishment of the sport at the time for the lower classes, boxing constituted a possible ticket out of poverty as well as a steady and reliable form of entertainment. Recognising this, on December 13, 1921, Cuba decided to give boxing another chance and legitimise boxing with the establishment of the National Commission on Boxing and Wrestling. The lift on the ban brought tourist dollars with bouts uh, plenty. Years later, a National Boxing Academy was established to train talented athletes. The next decade, Golden Gloves amateur competition also arrived. By 1959, Cuba had six professional world championships. Um, and champions who were considered to be the founding fathers of boxing as well as national heroes of, heroes of Cuba. The fighters included Gerardo Kid Gavinde, Gonzalez Benny Pare, and Elegio Kid Chocolate Sardinas. In spite of the sport's promise of prosperity, the Cuban boxers who earned a lot of money in the ring almost commonly died impecunious. I don't know what that means. Impecunious. Um, or- yes. Thank yes. you. Thanks, some Polly. some boxers also had ties with the mafia and other sources of corruption. Cuba's boxing reputation also drew foreign boxers as well as Jack Johnson, uh, Jack Dempsey, Jess Williard, Joe Lewis, Joe Brown, and Sugar Ray Robinson. Although Cuba had traditionally done well in professional boxing, it did not win an Olympic medal in boxing until after 1959 due to considerable resources being devoted to the development of athletes as a result of the Cuban Revolution. So I might just quickly go a little bit into this Cuban style of boxing and and fundamentally the the, the system of boxing. But uh, basically, um, the Cuban style of boxing uh, is, is fundamentally based on the amateur format, which is uh, three rounds where you win by point scoring as opposed to knockout. And as a result, the Cuban boxers have historically been considered the most tactical and technical boxers. It's a beautiful combination between dance and um, and fists, and uh, and basically this kind of this sort of tactical obsession is why Cuban boxing is considered the the real uh, the style guide of how to uh, us us and throw left rights. So it's the ca- it's the capoeira. 
It is, boxing. yeah. It is. It is a capoeira boxing. Yeah, it's great, Kylie. In fact, uh, you know, I, I've actually recruited two other musicians into the um, into the academy. Um, mm. So, Escuela Cubano de Boxeo in Australia. And uh, if you care, if you so choose, we may well be on our way to training a an absolutely lethal army of Melbourne musicians. <laughs> um, so that is our unofficial podcast sponsor for the <laughs> nice. week. How should we score this shit? I like it. Well, first of all, I just want to shout out to my favourite Cuban boxer, Felix Savon, who uh, okay. tri- triple triple Olympic gold medalist in the heavyweight division. And uh, Felix actually had to retire. He he. They always wanted him to go pro, and uh, he uh, had to retire at thirty four because in amateur boxing they make you retire at thirty four. And then he went on to coach the Cuban boxing team. Felix Savon, right? ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, scoring. I mean, 500 fights, something around the the fights, the amount of fights. I don't know. Or how many I, dance I, moves I would, you can put into a into a Into, into, a, into a left-right combo. I'd, I'd, I'd mind also, I, might, I just reckon like point, like unanimous point decision, something like that could be. Or well, could it be simple, knockouts? Simple, I mean, like, but. I mean, like, oh, I've yeah, been, knockouts. I, 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 did a, I did a bit of like training at Lester Ellis's gym here, over here in Kiel. Oh, oh there wow. you go. Team Ellis. Team Ellis. Um, thank Listen you. Listen to Eric. Shout out to Team Ellis. Yeah, Arik just like comes in with these. I I I I train with someone who who trains in a park, and he had five hundred <laughs> fights. Kylie, well, I just train with Lester Alice, like casually. Uh-huh. But casually. I don't train with Lester, but I train at his gym. So you know, with his that's, his yeah. that's good enough. And, that's good enough. <laughs> I don't. We get could to do knockouts or fat old lady who does a bit of training there. But you know, come on. <laughs> Oh, come it's on. Lovely. It's I a know lovely gym, got... and I love those people. They've been very kind to me, and then and they've really helped. So thank you very much to those guys. Kylie, I am certain that the Queen of Melbourne Soul, Monica, may be replaced to Kylie Fifths of Fury oldest <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I reckon KOs or TKOs, like a KO is like a standard scoring sy- system. TKOs, draws. Well, Taylor know. Harris t- trains at, at, uh, at Ellis Gym. Is that right? Is that the, Taylor yeah. Harris, a footballer? Yeah. Yeah, she 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 fights for them. Yeah, everyone does, Arik, except you. Yeah. Um, now and two other musicians apparently. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you could be like uh, different types. So, like, I mean, there could be a standing eight count. There could be uh, Ooh, a yeah, split like decision. I like a that. Draw, I like that. A, a loss. Yeah, I don't know what, what. How many could there be? I don't know. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Let's call a ten a KO. We'll call a like a like an eight a split decision. Like a you know, let's well, scale no, it. What's a standing? A standing. <laughs> Standing eight count. So let's go. Yeah. Let's go eight to ten. Eight to ten's a KO. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, let's start this again. Eight to ten's a TKO. No, no. Eight to ten's a KO or TKO. Whatever you want, right? No, no. TKO, TKO is a technical knockout, not a not a proper knockout. Let's mm-hmm. just go eight to ten KO. Then we've okay. got uh, six to eight is a standing eight count. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, four to sorry, four to six. Is like a split decision. Split decision, and yeah. um, and zero to four. Is Anything below that is a bad loss. Bad loss. Bad loss. Bad loss. All right, let's go. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'll start it off. Uh, we did so well with our intro, keeping it to 20 minutes, and then we just like talk about the split decision <laughs> for about 15 minutes. Okay, we've got to do better, people. I think bus crates uh, blasting off. It's a split decision for me. 
it's a split decision. I, I, I did not like it, but I just was, I was expecting more. I didn't get it, but I still will be listening to this guy because I think this guy has got it in him to do something great. And maybe Kylie, you could put your services forward to bus crates. I could see that working really nicely. That TKO, nice. I mean, not TKO, like split decision. <laughs> yeah, I'm up there if you want to call out. me. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah, let's I mean, do it. Yeah. So what are you what are you doing? Split decision. What do you think, Kylie? I, I really gave it, I, I really think, I don't know, where, where does seven stand on the rating scale? Because seven I think that was a standing eight count. A standing, standing eight, eight count. count. Standing, standing eight, eight count. count. I, I think... I mean, because uh, when I first heard it, I loved it, and I loved the feel. I loved, you know, I, I loved that feeling, and I and I and I knew, and I said, what well, I texted was saying, oh, I really like this, and he goes, I knew you would. I'm like, I hate that you know that I like things because I just want to be so like out of left center. Like, no, yeah, no you want to be obscure, <laughs> mysterious. But, yeah, oh, you 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 you. you you are the Nico. You're you're Melbourne's Nico. You're like Melbourne underground. Mean? Oh yeah, that's right. I want to be like you know out there and like underground and yeah, nobody yeah. knows what I like. I might just hate it. Yeah. But it was like oh. yeah, yeah, I might yeah. fold sheets on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You don't know. I might not even vacuum under the bed today. So who knows? Anyway, I felt like I really, I really liked it. I really liked it. I was like my first. It was like. I haven't heard something like this for a long time and I really like this and I want to really like it more. But, yeah, as I said, I felt like there was no kind of voice in there. That I felt like it needed something. It's a perfect vehicle. It's like a really awesome chocolate cake mix but there's mm. no icing, you know. Anyway, but as I said, Good. that Laura like Benack chick, I loved her. She was great. She brought it something which was from another album and which we're not allowed to talk about. But I can see that there is the possibility there, you know what I mean? Know what I'm saying? Yeah, so Kylie scored it on a rating scale, a cake rating scale that we didn't sort of verify, <laughs> and she also she also liked other other songs on albums that we didn't review. I'm coming. All right, what did you think? Back, man, I'm gonna hit you in the back of the head, mate. <laughs> that's that's mysterious. She's she's that is mysterious. That and was completely not, unpredictable. Does not say that yes was, to that. <laughs> that is completely unpredictable. Um, uh, Thanks, Ari. Look. Yeah, look, I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll jump in here. Um, based on the boxing scoring system, the 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 Queensbury rules. Queensbury, I, um, put them up. Put up not street fighting. That's it. Not- That's right. <laughs> I I reckon I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a loss. I I, I didn't Ooh. connect with it. Uh yeah, yeah. I would have given it about a four. Um, wow. So z- yeah, yeah. That's so zero to four mouth. for me. It is a black. <laughs> It is a it is it is a Lester Ellis look. <laughs> After five hundred fights. After five hundred fights. Okay, well that's uh, uh, a loss, a split decision, and a standing yeah. eight count. We've I did got not see some, that coming. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> that I didn't see him hiding on that from left field. Anyway, huh, he's mysterious too, Carly. That was bus crates blasting off. So the second album we have for you this evening is Nels from his new album, Empty. Arik, give us some background. Thanks, Was. Look, before we move on, I, I, we, uh, we were talking off air just about our scoring system and we do need to add a correction that basically zero to four 
it being a loss and being this universal kind of declaration is probably a little bit unfair. So I'm going to correct the record and uh, and say that it was a loss by by unanimous decision, but the fighter went distance. <laughs> so an honourable okay. loss. I mean, Rocky lost yeah, in I the like past, that. you know. Um, Jeff Fennick lost to Azuma Nelson um, in the early 90s, you know, but but should have won. I like that analogy. So, oh, so you're saying it was a good album. You should have, it should have been higher. You would have scored it higher <laughs> if you had to listen to it well, again. I, what are you saying there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what I, you're uh, saying. No, why don't you uh, just say you know, he lost on points and then not bring yeah, analogies that said, don't make any sense? As he said before, he's just he's worried that the, the you know if he said four that would be an okay score, but the fact that you is associated the word lost or lost, it's making right. people feel bad. When he's actually you. you know supposed to be like all music is good podcast. I get it. Thank you, Kylie. At least someone bloody <laughs> listens to this thing. I mean, what not? Yeah. Unlike Waza. Yeah, Kylie really listened. She forgot the story I told her <laughs> two minutes previously. <laughs> anyway, Eric, tell us about Neil's album. What was the story? <laughs> okay. You'll, you'll find out at the 30-minute mark. So... Nils Fram, empty. So Nils Fram, born 20th of September 1982, is a German musician, composer, and record producer based in Berlin. He's known for combining classical and electronic music and for an unconventional approach to the piano, in which he mixes a grand piano, upright piano, Roland Juno 60, Rhodes piano, drum machine, and Moog Taurus. Fram had an early introduction to music. His father, Klaus Fram, was a photographer who also designed covers for ECM Records. He grew up near Hamburg, where he learned the styles of the classical pianists as well as contemporary composers. At school, he used mixing boards and was very interested in the quality of recorded sound. He studied classical piano for eight years under Nahum Brodsky, the prodigy of the, of the protege Tchaikovsky, who lived in a neighboring village. In 2006, rather than pursue an orchestral career, Fram moved to Berlin as a jobbing technician. Fram's earlier piano solo work, Winter Music and The Bells gained him attention, but it was his 2011 release, Felt, that was met with critical acclaim. It was his first studio album on Erased Tapes, which has released his music since. It was followed by the solo synthesizer EP Juno and also by Screws in 2012, recorded while Frum was recovering from a thumb injury and which was offered as a free download to fans on his birthday. Um, uh, look, the, the, the career goes quite a while, so I might just, uh, I don't need to go through the accolades, but I think it's really important to kind of look at Frum's, um, I guess, approach to music. And this is a quote from him. Um, Frum has said, I'm interested in how human beings react in certain situations and what music does to people's emotions, how we can change people's attitudes with tones. After I've played a good concert, people leave the room happy. This is something we can give back to the world. When people feel down and like it's all going to shit, at least we can give them music and change their attitude so people don't think it's all shit. That's my religion. So that leads us into the review of the album Empty. So I should put a little disclaimer on this. I'm a huge Nils Fram fan. I um I love pretty much everything he does. Yet you know he's one of those artists where his work is really just his sound and and uh, and taste and flavour as much as it is his compositions. So um, with that said, I thought I'd, I'd dive right into the review. So for me. 
Empty feels like uh, it's an album that needs to be listened to as a whole body of work. Nils Fram's albums always have that way of pulling you in on the first track and then you never lose that feeling. You close your eyes and then open them 40 minutes later and you just have this calmness as though you've floated in a dream. And I really felt that this was, again, achieved on this album. Um, I particularly love all like how Nils Fram with all of his technical prowess and all of his synths and all of his electronic gadgets, loves background noises in his in his music. So creaks and breathing and the sound of felt on the strings of the piano and the hiss of the mic pre. And um, and he does that in spades on this album. It uh, Listening to it made me wanted to revisit Waz's um, French film... Uh, narrative yeah. that he talked about. I think was it in Kylie? Was it in your episode, Kylie? Yeah, yeah. I felt episode? like I was in was one of Waz's yeah, movies for this. What <laughs> one, 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 He's a, he's an auteur, Waz. <laughs> I mean, he really he 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 does make beautiful films. As I seem to remember, no one seemed brain. to have liked my uh, dialogue or my treatment for that film. So, what does that say about this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's problematic. We'll, we'll revisit that shortly. But again, you know, there was something very deeply cinematic and kind of um, imagery invoking about the, about this album. Um, to me, that image was like, I feel like weather in particular seems to play a huge part in the music, either the weather that he makes it in or the weather that he represents. But every time I listen to a Nils Fram record, um, it always feels cold outside and rainy and grey and miserable. And, and I often wonder if that's the conditions that he's making it in in Berlin or, or you know, I wonder, like, has he, made, has he ever made a record in summer? Like, would that sound different? But this to me just sounds like winter in Europe. Um, and it feels like that throughout the whole album. Um, for me, my favourite songs was A Shine. Um, I, I think I wrote here, it felt like I was sinking into a cloud when I listened to that, that track. Um, another track that was notable was Big O. It had a beautiful mix on it. It, again, it was just solo piano, but just the way he mixed it, it sort of alluded to like this background synth, but in fact, that just would have been like delays or reverb or something, or, you know, perhaps a huge chamber reverb in particular. Well, we should, um, I'd like to talk about that because like, to me, it sounded like, you know, this album was recorded in like a nuclear missile, uh, a missile silo in the middle of the Grand Canyon, and then maybe they'd run the whole thing through some large mountain reverb setting on like, you know, the PCEQ sound settings. Like there was so much freaking reverb on this track. Well, on it's, this, a on really, this album. it's a really, it's a, it's a really um, interesting point you raised was because um, I don't know exactly know where he recorded this particular album, but yeah, I told you, the last in the missile three or four albums. He did. In, in I thought he sounded like wasn't... he did. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe I did. Oh. Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> Who knows? He does, he ta- People he... have told me. Well, <laughs> Well, no. Well, he does. He does record like his studio is based in a in an old East, um, Stasi radio broadcast site in East Berlin, um, which is called Funk House. And Funk House, actually, yeah, H A U S. But in fact, there's actually like massive. Like it's not. There's nothing digital about it. Then he actually records it. Like his reverbs are in massive chambers. So. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to read a bit more about this Grand Canyon thing because I, no, I would not, that's not, not be surprised. True. I just made that. Up. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it would have been the it would have been the it would have been the chamber reverb at um at at Funk House. Yeah, and um, and it's a real chamber, and there's not many that exist on you know anymore. So, 
Um, uh, yeah, I would I would definitely urge people to if you're into into this sort of really nerdy audio stuff to check out his studio. There's a really great doco on YouTube about Funkhouse and, and that particular chamber. Um, and I just would quickly like to note that in fact he's such an anal sound nerd that when he toured Melbourne about three years ago, um, he brought literally his entire studio. So like it would have been easily a shipping container worth of gear. Yes. But what was amazing was the gig was the gig took place at Hamer Hall and they built a chamber <laughs> in the car park wow. for the gig for us to listen to in the hall. So all of the reverbs that were happening on that show were happening underground in a real chamber, wow. no digital. Wow. Hey, that's um, amazing. So he's, he's a serious, yeah, he's a serious guy. Um, and that, you know, I just love that level of obsession. I think it's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going back to some of the tracks. Um, so yeah, Big O had that beautiful reverb. I love that. And then there was Second Defeat which revisited the theme of First Defeat, which I loved. Um, had that beautiful diminished chord resolving to the minor, which is a bit, um, just, yeah, just really beautiful composition. And then um, and then there was one track that kind of really, like, kind of jarred me and pulled me out of the entire experience, which was Sonar. And I felt like that was a bit of an outlier. And I'm really confused as to why that song was in the record. So I'm sure there's a reason, because I don't think he does anything in halves so i might have to research that later and then lastly um there was a song called black notes which i was kind of like okay i was really interested i was like this is going to be like this weird pentatonic minor um track only using black notes and it completely wasn't that so i was like i was really disappointed i was like this is going to be a piano song that i can play um in the dark <laughs> but uh that yeah so that was an interesting one, but um, you know, again, love the ambient sounds, but didn't actually feature only black notes, so I wasn't really un- understanding why that was called what it was called. <laughs> but overall, I absolutely love the record. Um, uh, yeah, huge Nils Fram fan, and that is my review. Over to you guys. Wow. Who wants to go next? Can I go next? Because I'm a bit scared. Go, Kyle. I think I'm just going to sandwich myself <laughs> in between you guys because I've got nothing to say. Because like, well, okay, thank you, Eric, for like that adventure. Because realistically. I was lost here. I, I just, yeah, I felt like it was just, I was in some art house movie theme track and I didn't really understand it and I just felt a bit like, oh, is someone going to fix his roof? And then I thought, is, um, you know, also my family's been living in a drought for so many years, like they would love to maybe play this music sometimes at the farm when it's not raining and they could just feel a bit of happiness. And then I was like, but then when I was listening to it and cooking, I just had it going and I, I couldn't tell. I just, I'm sorry, I sound like a massive Bergen, but every song sounded like the same song to me, but it did make me feel nice. Mm. You know, like it was, it was a lovely feel. It was like, you know, his, his music wasn't angst in any way and it wasn't, nothing of it was grating. Or it did, the only thing that annoyed me was the rain sound that, that really did my head in, but realistically the music mm. the chords, it was beautiful. So like as, as a, you know, from a lay person's, you know, if you had a beautiful sound system in your house and you could just listen to that, it, there was nothing horrid about it. It was mm. it was quite, you know, calming. So, yes, and thank you for that education. Mm. I f- really felt like uh, I thought, is this music to kill yourself by when I first heard it? <laughs> I really didn't understand <laughs> it. Um, 
I look, I mean, I, I think that's a legitimate analogy because it certainly feels incredibly sad. Like mm. even even with the beauty that it invokes, it's a it's a real melancholy, totally. you know, like And we're on lockdown, you know, um, and everybody's got every excuse to like feel sad and, you know, lost and this is a bit of like a oh my god, yes, I am crying. I'm allowed to. I'm I'm, I'm gonna here's a soundtrack to it. <laughs> like Well, it's interesting you say that, Kylie, because I I mean I you know, I I liked Nils Fram a lot you know, last year, the year before, but now I literally cannot stop listening to his stuff ever since lockdown. Does he so have happy stuff? I think it certainly captures a feeling. <laughs> no no happy stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to be so... <laughs> no, I don't... Like, I legitimately think... I mean, the guy's... Just, like, he's a pretty morose character. Um, he's German, yeah? So... German. Mm. So German. <laughs> Yeah, he's just serious. He's very serious. I mean, you know, super dry sense of humor. Um, but yeah, there's something about his music that, you know, captures a feeling that, you know, yeah, I don't know. It definitely resonates with me, at least in 2020. Anyway, so, sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, no, glad. I'm glad you, Thank you, you for raised that. that. Thank you for that experience. And I'm sorry that I can't go track by track because, as I said, I thought every track sounded the same. But yeah. Look, I think to that point, though, it was a, a, like, I don't think any Nils Fram records really have that distinct, like, he, and here is track five. Mm. There is a there is a sort of meandering that, as I said, it, you, when I put it on, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm like, has the track finished or are we on track three? And yeah. I, particularly track one to track two, it felt like the same track. Um, so I do reckon there is an intention there to just experience the whole thing as a feeling as opposed to specific songs so i wouldn't say that's a critique at all i'd say that it, it it would it may well be the intention there you know so okay thank you yeah no no thank you what do you got was was well i reckon, like your obsession with neoclassical german composers was again on full display with this Niles pick this week so like it was Kylie, just to explain how we do things on the All Music Is Good podcast, like it seems to be some sort of unwritten rule that every four weeks we have some sort of European neoclassical influenced release featured, and <laughs> like awesome. I, I personally don't, yeah, I, I don't personally know if Rx getting some sort of under the table payment <laughs> from like the German conservatory of neoclassicism, but like I mean, I think it's something that at least involves further inquiry because it seems quite strange yeah. to me the fix that is on. of all the albums that get released in the world every four weeks, we have some sort of German how, classical composer. Anyway. How are you finding well, them, Mark? Ah, uh, you know, we've got a we've got an arrangement. <laughs> me and me and the um the Jerry's. Yeah, uh, I've got I've got an ex Stasi. I've got a yeah, I've got an ex Stasi guy <laughs> yeah. that uh lives down the road. That's right, he's we got a link up funk house we, of- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we link up, we talk about, you know, we talk about old technologies. <laughs> reverbs, con- high, high concrete level, reverbs, high level, yeah. old Mercedes, concrete reverbs, Cuban boxing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's all happening. It's very it's all communist. <laughs> There's a lot of communism going on. <laughs> Anyway, look, to be honest, Eric, like I think this actual this album actually helps me to establish a reference point for this style of music. Um, because we did the Max Richter one. And yeah, I think like I feel better able to critique this sort of stuff now that I know that it's actually a, a genre that people listen to. Mm. So like if I'm being really honest, like once upon a time I would have called this style of music bubblegum classical. And yeah. I would turn my nose up at it. Like, but, you know, you could probably 
reference the fact that like I had a horrible bunch of years learning classical piano and so that sort of sways my opinion a little bit when it comes to sort of classical music or down tempo sort of look it's not dumbed down classical music but it's it's it feels like classical music for the masses to me anyway look the album like other instrumental down tempo classical albums or jazz albums we've reviewed would lend itself as we said to film soundtracks and this album is no different and i look i'm gonna plead like i actually can't remember but i'm pretty sure did you say this already but this album was conceived in 2012 um i didn't say that no this was this was made a long time ago and i seem to recall when i first looked into this that maybe he'd broken his hand um, or or had some sort of hand right. injury, and he thought that he didn't release it because he thought it was too basic or something at the time. And I even think that this may have been for a soundtrack. This this release, so it's it's had a release right. eight years later. You knew it. See, <laughs> mm-hmm. so Kylie was all over that. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it. <laughs> and you would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> yeah, and it was raining. <laughs> Yeah, it rained and yeah. everyone died. And uh, yeah, um, look, I really liked uh, "No Step on Wing." Uh, like, there's some lovely arpeggiated flourishes through that. Um, but look, I, I feel bad that I I haven't gone as deeply in as I as I could have on this album. But I think we've been down this road before, Eric. And as much as I can appreciate this music, and maybe more than I once did, and I thank you for that. Thank you. Um, but my life is more chaos than peace and tranquility. And sure. maybe it should have more elements. Maybe my life should have more elements of Zen quietness in it. But the reality is it doesn't. And I'm okay with that. But And as a body of work, I enjoyed certain aspects of this release. But I really struggled to connect with it on a level that it demanded. And even just finding that quiet moment as you probably have to be able to listen to this those points don't exist in my life um so i listened to it a couple of times um but yeah i (laughs) my brain is too chaotic to fully take this in so look i I will be honest i'm really going to be scoring this album on a surface level not on a deep level that's totally fine you will be yeah well anyway um, so well, no, that's a good explanation, and I think you know so much of the stuff that we talk about in all music is a good podcast is is when we actually tap into a record and and mm. and the context by which that record arrives in our world. You know, I think we discussed it, you know, um, a few episodes back with Run the Jewels that we were kind of all as reviewers in a place that we needed that rage and we needed that sort of aggression, um, and then there are times where we've listened to. Uh, you know, songs that just talk about introspection, but n- none of us have been in that position to care too much for that. And we've wanted something more sort of broad. So I, like I take that and I think it's a leg- completely, it's it's why we do albums, right? It's it's not songs, it's albums and, mm-hmm. and albums are for a time and a place. So um, I, I totally hear that. I'm going to, I'll start my review. I mean, um, I would call this a... Oh, definitely call it a standing eight count. Um, so scoring, what are we at? From between six and eight, I'd probably give it an eight. So a, a strong standing eight count for me. A strong standing eight count. Mm. So he 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 was struggling to stand up for the eight. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he was, yeah, he was nearly about to topple. He was standing. He was, gonna, it was, was gonna being be held up by the ref. Standing eight count as the bell rung. <laughs> totally. Okay. 
<laughs> we go, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go. Look, I'm teetering between a split decision and a loss, uh, but it's a, uh, you know, he went, he went eight rounds and he, he did well. I mean, you know, there was a there was a symphony orchestra in the background playing really aggressive boxing music along while he like he fought valiantly <laughs> for for eight rounds and then he got smashed and he got, he lost. Okay. But look, look, that's a four. It's a four to five, but it's a it, four. All right. Wow, that's harsh. Okay, well, I'm just going to say like yeah, I would like to say five because I think it's a half it's a halfway mark for me because, you know, if a man's fighting with one hand, then who am I to say that he loses, you know? Because he's trying to bring me something and if I can't hear it and I can't understand it, that's my own problem. He has tried to do a beautiful thing and then Rx understood it. I have not understood it, was not understood it. But I got time to hang out the washing today was and I got to listen to it in a way that it, and to, to do some cooking so I got to understand that I felt nice from it but it wasn't something that I would go out and choose for my own lovingness. So but as you, if, if what you have said is true that he was playing one-handed and he's obviously a piano player of some sort then I think he needs to be given five points. Yeah. I, I take that on board. I mean, the guy had a busted hand, or he mm. may have had a busted oh. hand, according and to that some changed, reports. And that's so such gr- such a great like analogy, segue yeah. into our boxing analogy. I mean, how do you <laughs> totally. fight with one hand? I, mm. I tell I'm you, gonna, I'm going to change it. You, I'm going to change it. Yeah, I'm going to change well, to a five as well, and I'm going to say it's a split decision. And there was two judges that gave it like 120 to 100, and one that gave it like okay, close split decision. That. I would like to add that um, still you know, if you. If you do go to Escuela Cubano de Boxeo in Australia, um, you may well be able to go the full 12 rounds with one hand. That's the level of Whoa. Cuban boxing. Amazing. And dance. And dance. <laughs> Couple of right. rounds. So, so, yeah, yeah. So we've got a, we've got a, what have we got? We've got a <laughs> two split, split decision over here. Two split decisions and a like honourable loss. Standing eight. Honourable loss. Standing oh, eight. Yeah, two, no, 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 no. Two splits no. and a standing eight. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Eric. You got there. Thank you, guys. Okay, that was Nils Brown's latest album, Empty. So the third album we have for you this evening is Grimes's Effort Misanthropocene. Arik, take it away. Thanks, Was. So Claire Ellis Boucher, born nine, uh, March 17th, 1988, known professionally as Grimes, is a Canadian musician, singer-songwriter, record producer, music video director, and visual artist. I mean, that's pretty much everyone born after 1985, isn't it? I was going to say it's me, but I'm not after 1985. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Her music incorporates elements of varied styles and genres, including dream pop, R&B, electronic music, and hip-hop. Born and raised in Vancouver, Grimes began releasing music independently late in the first decade of the 2000s, releasing two albums, Gage Primes and Halifaxa, in 2010 on Arbitus Records. She subsequently signed with 4AD and rose to fame with the release of her third studio album, Visions, in 2012. 
It produced the single Genesis and Oblivion and received the Juno Award for Electronic Album of the Year. Her, first, her fourth studio album, Art Angels 2015, received, received critical praise and was named the best album of the year by several publications. Her fifth studio album, Miss Anthropocene, was released on February 21st, 2020. Um, I'm not going to go too deep into her background, um, so I might just jump more into the making of Miss Anthropocene. Um, uh, let's have a look. Why? Oh, well, it's long. It's very long. I mean, Grimes had a very, very illustrious career. Um, no, no. Why are we going into the making of it? What? What's? I want to know uh, about well, her career. I don't know anything about all right. her. I, all I, okay. I, I would like to know more about it. I mean, I know that she's married okay. to Elon Musk. Elon Musk, which I think is really one of the maybe with a weird major. Name. It's one of the major things that I like to discuss in my review. Um, but 2014 to 2017. Okay, I'll give you some history, Kylie. We're tacking. Oh, we're tacking. On October 26, 2015, <laughs> Grimes simultaneously released the lead single of the album "Flesh Without Blood." and a two-act music video featuring both Flesh Without Blood and an additional song from the album Life in the Vivid, Dream. After its November release, the album received favourable reviews, garnering an 88 out of 100 rating on Metacritic and the best new music designation from Pitchfork. Jessica Hopper of Pitchfork described Art Angels as uh, evidence of Bouchard's labour and articulation of a pop vision that is in controversial incontrovertibly hers an epic holiday buffet of tendentious feminist fuck off with second helpings for anonymous commentators and music industry bloodsuckers so Grimes I guess has this real sort of punky aesthetic and I think that's been a huge part of the people that have gravitated towards her it's a real fuck you-ness we'll move ahead to 2019 um, on the 5th of September, Grimes released the music video for Violence featuring I.O., the second single from Miss Anthropocene. On October 25th, 2019, an unfinished version of Miss Anthropocene leaked online. On November 15, 2019, two versions of the single So Heavy I Fell Through the Earth were released, the art mix and the uh, algorithm mix. She performed an additional new track, 4am, the same day, at the 2019 Video Game Awards in order to introduce herself as a voiced character in the game Cyberpunk 2077. Miss Anthropocene was released on February 21st, 2020. That same month, she released a single, Delete Forever, which was partly inspired by the death of Little Peep and an ongoing opioid crisis. Since 2018, Boucher has been in a relationship with technology entrepreneur Elon Musk. They met after discovering on Twitter that they both came up with the same pun relating to Rococo and thought the experiment Rocco's Basilisk. I've got no idea what that means. On January 8th, 2020, Boucher announced that she was pregnant with her and Musk's first child together. Grimes gave birth to their son on May 4th, 2020, with Musk announcing via Twitter that both Grimes and their baby were doing well. Boucher and Musk have stated that they named the child as XEA-12, pronounced XAsha12 or XAI, although it has been reported that the name violates the naming laws in California <laughs> where, the, Chinese, sorry. where the child was born. That's true, it was. <laughs> I think you made a good point. What are the naming laws? Uh, well, I'll go deeper into that as you're reviewing. I'll try Depends and on pick your something up on that. That's true. 
yeah. on May 24th <laughs> Boucher announced that the name was changed to X-E-A-X-I-I according to an image of the birth certificate released by TMZ the letter X is the child's first name and his middle name is pronounced A-I-X-I-I <laughs> Grimes so which is claimed, probably was A-G I mean like yeah possible yeah 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 A-G Grimes claimed via Instagram that that Go One, a member of the Korean girl group Leona, who she previously collaborated with in 2018, was the godmother of her son. So, the reason I talk a little bit about this, um, uh, like I thought it was important to to I guess name the relationship because I think, um, you know, 2018 with the release in 2020, um, of course, relationships are going to play a part in the kind of narrative of a record and. I think in this instance, um, there was something in the album that for me just like, at least when it, as it entered, it felt like this kind of future space and that seemed mm. to sort of link in with the kind of fact that Elon Musk is some kind of, you know, future prophet who's going to take us all to some kind of strange dystopic salvation with our electronic cars and trips to Mars. And all his money. So uh, like, did she get famous before? She had a. She was famous yeah. before. She was very, very, yep. very famous, okay. and I think that. Well, um, well I, I mean, hear, I, th- I never knew about her, so I just I, I felt bad about questioning that, but I just wanted to know that. Sorry. No, no, it's a legitimate question, but I, but but I think there's a part of her fuck you punk persona that probably really resonates with Elon Musk as someone that has a kind of fuck you persona as well, um, mm. but you know, can, I mean, you can like, fuck anyone off for the billion dollars, can't you? Really. That's true, but look. In with respect to Grimes, <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to try and keep the Elon Musk references to a minimum, even though I can't help myself. But I'm just going to do my best. So, um, <laughs> track one, so heavy I fell through the earth. Um, perfect start. Felt like this great down tempo FKA Twigs way of kicking things off. Had this sort of deep dystopic sort of future dystopia sci-fi thing that I was right into and then that kind of um, <laughs> that's that, exactly what I've written in mind post-futuristic yeah. dystopian sci-fi right there you go well that's awesome and then um, and then the next the except next, my one sounds better yeah true <laughs> post futuristic <laughs> yeah sharp was and then we had the, then there was a song called Dark Side I guess it was pronounced Dark Seed but I think yeah, it was meant because- to be Dove Sorry, I just want to, yeah. Go ahead, Kylie. Go ahead. No, I just no, think it's interesting because can you please tell me, because do, I don't understand about recording stuff, you know, but do you think, was it, I know she did it with a Japanese chick or whatever, but did is it them doing their lyrics backwards? Like is it recorded backwards? Is that why it's spelled dark side? Like it's like the, the, the letters are backwards, you know what I mean? So it should be dark side, but they put the letters back the other way because I think they, sounds like they've made the lyrics go backwards as well. Well, I think it's a really good point because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that in just a, a sec. I mean, I thought I think both that good. first Can song, we? well, both the first song and the second song, there's clearly a conscious decision for there to be completely like no way of understanding what the hell the vocalist <laughs> is saying. Well, I can't um, speak yeah. Japanese, so perhaps they're speaking. But something but I don't like think it is Japanese. I think there's a I think there's no. a I think it's a production. There's a production thing going on. That clearly is a conscious choice. Now, I don't well, necessarily. Like, I think Elon Musk maybe re- maybe wrote an algorithm <laughs> that like that they put the vocals through. It's like some sort of futuristic algorithm yeah, that we're going to speak right. on Mars. But remember Look, when Missy Elliott analogy- put that put those vocals backwards, and it was kind of a cool thing. I feel like they might have done that. 
you look, Kylie, you may well be in that like high level of future sci-fi understanding because <laughs> I I won a hundred percent like didn't think that but now that i'm hearing this i'm starting to realize that maybe there is some kind of secret cabal that in fact you're a part of as well um <laughs> elon's, cabal. elon's secret cabal but um right. look look for me dark side I'm i love the production yeah and a billionaire with your <laughs> yeah you're a billionaire with your million records yeah, yeah, I only sold a million records, and yet I'm a billionaire. Yeah, and just like, yeah, get out, Yeah, one thousand. <laughs> each record costs a thousand dollars, which actually is a really, really solid offering. Um, <laughs> so for me, Dark Side, I loved the production of it. Um, my my description was it sounded like Bollywood on GBH. It was yes, just fucked yes. up, and Toxic. and but the, yeah, but there was something going on there. Um, track three, delete forever, completely lost me, and I did not understand why it was there and what its place was on the record. It had these. Isn't that about, big, dub that song. Isn't that about a friend? I'm dying dubbing that something? song, industrial folk. Okay, well, I like I, I wrote it had the big Wonderwall chords there, but the guitar had this lo-fi thing going on, which completely felt out of even more out of place. <laughs> like I just didn't get it. Um, well, I mean, the fact that industrial and folk should never go together says a lot about track yeah, three. I think that's a, that's a good point. Except if you you know if you're a pitchfork writer and then industrial folk is like the next big thing. Um, <laughs> Probably, <laughs> absolutely. So the next one I've was got a career at Pitchfork. You're saying. You you've got, I've got a career as a reviewer. You're saying, Eric? You do, mate. This is uh, this is your apprenticeship. Um, <laughs> next track, 4 a.m. I actually really love this track. It had a really tough early 2000s drum and bass vibe. It took me to the club. It kind of gave me like DJ SS kind of vibes, and and it again brought back that tripped out sort of Bollywood vibe. Top line felt really hooky. I just once again didn't understand any of the lyrics. Um, <laughs> we we appreciate the power, like aesthetically felt super promising, but I thought the songwriting was just shit ass. It like it sounded great, mm-hmm. but um, just not a great like a really 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 disappointing top line that kind of almost channeled like an effervescence kind of a vibe that yes. we could probably all agree is something you'd never want to be described as sounding like. I love um, effervescence. Except Kylie. Um, <laughs> Take it back, Eric. Take sorry, it back now. Sorry. I, sorry. I was all nice about Niles and whatever his name is. Nils. No, 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 no. I look, Kylie, I did not realise you were a massive Evanescence fan, so I do take it back. It sounded so great. It was exactly like yeah, Evanescence. You're right. Wake me up inside. Wake me up wow, inside. Wow, what's not good about that? Oh, yes. It's, look, it's a, it's a great top line. No, no, I do take oh, it back. Oh, it's very grimes. You're right. Um, <laughs> didn't pick up on that. <laughs> and then there was no. So Heavy, which felt like a return back to the first track, which had this sort of down-tempo ethereal vibe. Um, that Look, those are, the, those are the standouts. I appreciate that they're obviously going for something and I don't think it landed in a major way. And I guess my overall feedback on this is I don't think I'm going to listen to this record again. Um, I'm sure, however, that lots of really cool people are going to really like this. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is about, Arik. No, it's not. Like... it's not. It's not. Oh, it's that, not. All right. That was a weird. That was a weird stab in the dark. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> lots no. of really cool maybe people. Maybe it's that like weird. maybe. 
Maybe it's like Evanescence sung backwards. Maybe that's what she's yes. done. Well, well, again, look, we we did we did mention that that Kylie's part of the um, cabal with Elon Musk and Grimes. So perhaps there is something going on in the water. Yeah, and and, and Evanescence sellers can come in. That's it, exactly. I mean, who the fuck are we? Like, I mean, here I am in my shitty um, share house in Brunswick. You know, with like waxing lyrical Dunicoma. about. <laughs> with my crumpled during a cover, like waxing lyrical about what's good and what's not in the company of, you know, a one billion record selling um, artist who 100% yeah. understands what Evanescence backwards does. Yeah. You know? She would have the encryption key. She'd have the encryption key from Elon to understand this whole album. 100%. So, yeah. Kylie, on that note, tell us the secrets. Well, it's about enjoyment. It's about, you know, just letting, it's about free falling and understanding and just understanding that everything is coming from the same place, you know, like realistically nothing comes from without. There's nothing that we have here on earth that is from another hemisphere. We are all within. So everything (laughs) that we have is from here. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Can I be in this cult? I want, I want. Get in. in. Get in. That's a that's, sell. That's, that, yeah. Either that's an Elon Musk thing or, or Lester Ellis told you that at the boxing gym <laughs> one day. I told you I've never actually been allowed to have an audience with Lester. But that's I what know. she says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Who like knows? first rule of Fight Club, don't ever tell if you've met Lester Ellis. First rule of Lester Ellis, Jim. Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> don't tell about Lester Ellis. <laughs> okay. So, so give us a bit more, Kylie. Did you dig the, did you dig the record? Well, I just, I found that every time I thought, nah, I'm not really into this, then the music changed. And then she'd do some mm. weird shit, like, you know, play the guitar and sing or something. But um, I do get a little bit sick of the whole, you know, putting, you know, I'm really good at using lots of different machines and making my voice sound weird. It's like, you know, your voice is kind of a little bit little and annoying anyway, but like putting lots and lots of effects on it, it makes it just slightly more... Uh, you can say that one billion seller to another billion seller. <laughs> yeah, yeah That's I know, right? It's just—it's a bit annoying to me. Sometimes I think, can you just? I just want to hear you sing. Can you just sing? I don't want to hear it with all these machines and shit. I just shut up about it. Did so you, yeah, but I like got a track bit, three, track three had that. Like I like it felt like that's what I mean. Yeah. So when I felt like I wasn't coping and I was I was working out that I could hear it backwards because Missy Elliott Missy Elliott already not, did it. But um, you know. I just was like, come on, just give me something raw. I just want to hear you. I'm sick of hearing all this shit. And then she just gave it to me. I'm like, okay then, that's fine. But it's still like, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, something about it, her voice, I don't like that. I mean, I love something. I must be a weirdo because I love a falsetto male voice and yet I can't stand a tiny female voice. It annoys me. Something about females not giving it enough grunt that makes me a little bit angry. You know, it's like... Sure. Just can you just fucking sing, um, or just you need something yeah. more like uh, the lead singer from Evanescence. You do is like that's what, what I love about, about her. She fucking yeah, yeah. goes for it. Like wake me up and sing. Fucking yes, yeah. like bring yeah. it. Don't fucking give me the shit. Wake me up. <laughs> I just want to hear me it. And, so just on that, if me and Was were to do like a barbershop duet in male <laughs> falsetto of Evanescence, she would love would, that. Would you be yeah. into that? Fucking, I would wet myself. 
I can't help it. I've got a I've got a problem. I do I've yep. Prince made me into this animal. I love that. I love male falsettos, but I can't stand tiny, tiny girl voices. And just yep. this whole electrifying yourself and putting filters over your voice. It's like stop hiding from me. If you're hiding from me, it means you have something to hide. And so yep. um but you know, I was interested in the the kind of the all the different types of things and I didn't mind some of the I, I, I looked at that and also that my name is what is that? My name is Dark or something. I don't know. Anyway that, that mm. song. Um did you Let there's something it. there that they, she was singing it with someone else, I think. Anyway, there's that whole um garbage thing in there, like stupid girl. Okay. You stupid girl. Yeah, right. uh, Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. I was like, oh, is this, is she going to go there? Oh, no, she didn't go there. Like maybe, I mean. Oh, yeah, my name is Dark. And maybe maybe you can't. My name is Dark. You can't own that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can't own it if it's just one line. I thought she was going to pay homage there, but maybe she wasn't. Maybe she wasn't. I don't know. And then um, you miss me when I'm gone. I quite liked that. I didn't mind. Yeah. There were some things that sort of like sometimes I, I sort of went between going, you're annoying me to going, oh, yeah, this is all right. This is all right. So, yeah, um, I really didn't think I was going to like because, I, I, you know, I thought she's some rich girl that can do whatever she wants and who cares and I'm not a punk, so I'm not interested. So, But um, there was enough musicality to keep me interested. So, yeah, that's what Carly Aldous thinks okay. about this. <laughs> and, um, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I for As far as like a mm, – Fighting stance. I don't know. I don't know. She came out of the dark enough for a punch in the head, I suppose. And so. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get to the scoring in a minute. We'll get to the scoring in a minute. But it's good to know your position. I had a dream the other night and I woke up because I had this girl trying to hit me in the side of the head nonstop. Just hit me in the side of the head and hit me, hit me. And I was like, oh, that's really annoying. Why does she keep doing that? And then I, you know, when you're in your dreams and you think you just let things happen, and you're like, she keeps hitting me in the side of the head. And I'm like, I was timing it. She she's gonna do it again. Oh, I can probably hit her three times in the head before she does it again next time. <laughs> and so I hit her three times in the head, and then I realized I'd been hitting Brett in my sleep. And he goes, "But luckily, I hit the pillow because he's." I said, "Oh, sorry, did you hit? Did I hit you?" He goes, "Yeah, you hit me. You hit the pillow three times, but lucky you didn't hit me in the head. If I would hit you back, I'm on. Oh, would have been asleep." <laughs> well, maybe Grimes okay. came and visited anyway, you. Sorry, in Grimes, your dream. you just bring out because she's a dream. She's a dream that sort of you know it's ethereal. It's yeah. very. It's all ethereal. Absolutely. It's all very. Electro, it's all very weird. It's like it makes you want to, it makes you feel like you're a teenager. Yeah. Watching mm-hmm. kind of Buffy or something. I don't know. It's very, mm. it's out there kind of stuff. Isn't I, t- it? I totally, I, I think it's a, I think, I agree I think you've hit that analogy on the head because I totally felt that as well. There was something yep. about it kind of tapping into like a kind of pop culture zeitgeist. Of yeah. you know, seeing it oh, on we took a while to get or... there, though, didn't we? I mean, we had to go through the punching people in their sleep <laughs> yeah, to yeah, get yeah, to the yeah, Buffy. Yeah. Shut thing, up! But, we like, when we got there, it was just like, yes. <laughs> Come at me! Uh, <laughs> I'll punch you in my sleep tonight. I'll don't worry. Punch you if I can get close uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna let me have a chat about it. Let me have a chat. And okay, so like, look, it's it's. It's a sad indictment on my musical listening journey and and yours, Carly. That, uh, mm-hmm. but but maybe it's more of an indictment on on the reflection of my interest in the cult of celebrity. That like like Carly, I had zero idea 
who Grimes was when you put this album up, Arik. Like, so does that, I mean, does that mean I should be relegated to the bench for a week? Or do I need to go back to reviewing I school? Dickhead. I said to him, hey, do you know how to pronounce her, her kid's name? And you're like, who is she even? I'm like, oh, shut up. I can't even wait to talk to Arik about this because I want to ask him so many questions. He's going to know heaps of stuff. You don't know anything and you have no use to me. <laughs> I don't. I, I just I look. I'd heard of who it was, but I didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl. Like, like I just didn't. I'd never heard a song before. No idea. So, yeah, I think that disqualifies me on a whole bunch of levels. But look, as you said, Eric, post-futuristic dystopian sci-fi movie soundtrack. That's how it kicked off. Um, you know that Euro Euro industrial vibe. Post massive attack, you know what? I mean, what? What's post massive attack? Is that a genre? Post massive is post massive attack now a genre? Did you just coin a new genre? I don't want it to be anything to do with massive attack. I agree with you, Kylie. Okay, cool. Well, I'll take that back. I'll edit that out and just say it's post futuristic, (laughs) non massive attack kind of music. Perfect. Fine then. Uh, So, like. What's the deal? What was the deal with the chopped up language? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, can I chime in what I think it is? I think, I think, I think this music, I mean, it's club music, you know? And, and when I heard it, it was also really interesting to hear those first two tracks in like a COVID experience because I was like, I wonder what this would be like in a club. I truly wonder what it would be like in a club because I have no recollection <laughs> yeah. of what clubs Good feel luck. like. Like, right? like a club with, would it be like a club with um, vampires? Yeah, it, it could be a like... club with vampires. <laughs> and but, uh, but, one uh, other but socially actually... distanced vampire. Yeah, socially distanced vampires. <laughs> um, no, but like, like I, I, I legitimately reckon there are some artists that, um, and I think Grimes may be in that bag, but I don't want to, you know, I, like at the, I might call um, our legal counsel, LR Legal, to ensure that I'm not defaming <laughs> here. But, but, oh, I, he but did I would so say he is. Um, was and I'm sorry to interrupt, but like I just on your point, like I, I feel as though there's something about like the kind of drugs you'd take to party to this music Possibly. that that yep. would, that would, new that drugs? would yeah they're they're absolutely new synthetic drugs okay. that like rich <laughs> you know about them kylie <laughs> yeah, come on elon elon yeah elon exactly like, you know all about be. them kylie i mean you're in that club <laughs> come on um <laughs> but 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 i yeah yeah, you, you got the hookup, but but just quickly was, and I will I will let you continue. I do apologize for the interruption, but but I think that there is that kind of drug element there that is almost inviting yep. the listener to They're get on a particular wavelength. Sake. Yeah, true. Hmm. Yeah, because well, no parents, no parents, no parents, as you both can attest, as you both can attest, no parents take drugs, so that's a legitimate <laughs> point, yeah. Kylie. Well, you know, they shouldn't That's have named true, their kid. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> exactly that. Exactly right. Exactly right. Right? All right. So we, um, look, we've said on this pod Eric, many times, we aren't lyric people and that's not a good thing. And we've, we've made an effort to try and like, you know, bring our game up to scratch on, on that front. Uh, and that's And that's been a good thing. But like, and I think I'm on record as saying, like, I liked listening to... Foreign language albums, just to hear the voice used as a melodic, <laughs> melodic instrument. I have said that before, but in this case, it just annoyed me. Like, I just found it like grandiose, and the whole album was a bit too much. Like, to 
to listen to this album, like, you, you know, you're definitely invited into Grimes's own musical universe. And once you're into that universe, you need to make that decision as, as whether that's the sort of universe you want to inhabit. And I didn't. But look, <laughs> having said that, the more I listened to it, the more I started to think that it's really aiming itself at the pop market, like yeah. on that sort of edge, edge of right pop, on the edge. pop. Absolutely. And I could I could actually hear like Taylor Swift making an album like this in five years. Can you hear that? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I think, but I think that like it, there was an element in there that, um, like, there were some really clear pop type songs. Yeah, some sensibilities. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that was that was highly self conscious. I, I I don't think that was what the artist was going for i think that that's more what the label okay. was going for that would be my take on that okay look i mean if that was a clear direction well you think it isn't maybe it was maybe it wasn't but like if it was there was no track that stuck out to me that would say that this is what it is but like it, it was it, it was filtered through that that pop aesthetic uh but like it was more like she was setting up a vibe and a sound, but it just wasn't speaking my language, unfortunately. Like it was actually in that Arca, Arca sort of totally vein, in the Arca vein. Do you think? Totally in the Arca vein. Yeah, which which yeah, we didn't but, like that one. But uh, but you know, I mean, as 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 people with you know high high level experience in Hollywood, you know myself in Brunswick, mm. Kylie and Glenroy, and you in Oakley, um, yeah. there's there's definitely something going on in Hollywood right now. I mean, this was Hollywood oh. as Hollywood as it gets, you know. This was this was like this is gonna pop in all of the right circles, people are gonna vibe on it, it's gonna be some deep commentary on something that's going on in Hollywood, right? Like that that, that that's okay. that, that's what I felt about yeah, but it. Like is that what you think they were trying for? Well, I think that, you know, there was this kind of punkiness without it being like it was punkiness to a point of offense, but that's dialed down just enough that it was palpable to you know the people that that in that live in this world like it wasn't but, yeah if you. you can't get it right with a billion dollars what do you got i mean that's you, it. you know you can't be more mm. hollywood than hollywood so you can't I don't be more know, hollywood but, than hollywood but realistically you, <laughs> so true but right now can't like, be more hollywood than hollywood the world has changed you know like really it turns out that perhaps hollywood is in a place that's covered in covid with it with an orange person in charge and we don't really want much Agreed. to do with it so i, I totally agree with that bye hollywood, bye, I, hollywood. I, I feel yeah. that yeah, I, I totally agree with that, and I think that, but the, but I think that in it in and of itself was what the album was. It was this kind of navel gazing, like Hollywoodness, where the people that live in Hollywood get it, and the rest of us don't get it. Yeah, guess what? Nobody lives in Hollywood. <laughs> That's right. There's like twelve of you, and the, you got the the re- you know, eight of you got burned out by the fires. The rest of us still there. They got COVID. So next. <laughs> Or they they come in and then they go. They they come, they do the thing, and they leave. Anyway, so production wise, let me finish this off. Production wise, tick. Was it terrible? No, it wasn't terrible. It can't ever be terrible. Was, was, You've got a billion dollars. No, well, it can't all, be terrible. all music is good. All music is good. But was it middle of the road? Yes, I thought it was quite middle of the road. It wasn't doing anything that was sticking out it to me. Going, oh me. well, it's that's I wasn't getting anything mm. from it. It, but it wasn't terrible. Anyway, mm. let's mark it. Uh, Kylie, 
what do you yeah. give it on the uh, chocolate cake making scale? <laughs> chocolate cake making scale. As I said, yeah. Does it have icing? <laughs> it doesn't. There's no icing here. As I said, I really didn't feel that anybody's come out of the dark. You know, as I said, she came out, she stepped out enough for me to get it to see her face to, to square up to fucking, you know, get, to line <laughs> Just up for, it, for, us, it, for a knockout. But, I, yeah, she lined up for a smackdown, but realistically I think she stepped back too quick. I don't know. Maybe It was a I, glancing blow. It was a glancing yeah. blow. Just, no, I think maybe a couple of jabs. Yeah, my none of my fucking hooks, none of my, they, they didn't connect. So I think maybe... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's such an effort. But when you've got a billion dollars, you can make as much effort as you want. I don't care. It's like I want somebody to, if you're going to be a punk, then be a punk. Then mm. frighten me and disgust me and make me feel sick or make me feel something, make me feel like, oh, I hate this so much. But as it was, mm. it was it was almost a little bit nice. It was almost like, I mean, I'm a 52-year-old mother. I, I almost liked it. Like that that's not what a punk wants. <laughs> don't fucking yeah, 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 make yeah, me yeah, like yeah, your yeah, music. Yeah. I don't want to like your music. So, you know, as a punk, you fail. So um, I think she's probably become a mother and she's making nicer music. So maybe I'll give it a five. So you can you can stand up and fight from down there. Okay, so five is a, what is it's it? Not, split, it's decision. split decision. Split decision. It's like, I think, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to hit yeah, Nobody wanted to hit her because she was so nice and she's somebody's mother. But, um, yeah, I think as a punk, you really should, you should stand up and take your, you should t- stand up and take your punches, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Take the Glasgow kiss right in the mush. Mm, Boom, yeah. like that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm going to go next with this. Um, like, yeah, she didn't have a broken hand like the other dude, no. the yeah. other piano. She had two no hands pain. that were no working, pain. all right? Yeah. So I'm going to like, uh, we're not going to mess up the face. We're just going to work the body. We're going to work the kidneys. <laughs> yeah. And we're just going to like, do her slowly, okay? So she's just going to go down the tenth, and she loses. All right, that's okay. Up. So this is a, this is a loss, but it's a it's a she went ten or eleven rounds. Yep, I don't know. She well, look, I'm, that. That. I'm going to meet Kylie on the split decision. I think that um, I think that there were these moments that like, it sounded great, and and I act I I legitimately believe that Grimes is deeply influential and driving that creative process. And and I and I think that there was something. I think potentially, what was trying to get achieved was a sonic feeling as opposed to a songwriting feeling. Like, and I think yeah. in that sonic feeling, then then it was a success. But I didn't like the songs, and and I didn't entirely <laughs> buy. I didn't entirely buy the punk aesthetic from a billionaire in Hollywood. So um, I'm kind of on. I'm 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 on your team here. I'll give it a split decision because you know I also don't want to. Pr- you know who knows who knows what Elon. Don't and, piss um, off Grimes the billionaires because they might they might you know like one want to come and that's give you true, a job. That's true. That's true. Look, I don't know if that's completely fair. Like, I mean, you know, I think we should just separate the music. I mean, let's just let's no, just fair, talk about fair, the music. Fair, the fair. music was middle of the road, right? And the songs weren't there, and it just missed the mark. I reckon. Yep. I'll, Regardless, I'll, I'll pay that was. And thank you for that because now both Kylie yeah, as and I said, myself. It wasn't, uh, have... it wasn't shocking. It wasn't you know, and that's what remember the remember the Sex Pistols. That was amazing. That was like, oh my god, how embarrassing! That's please no, they're doing. Oh no, they're doing it. She's not shocking. Yeah. In I remember anyway. Green Day. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever. <laughs> Said no one okay, ever. sorry. Blink, blink one eight two. Sorry. <laughs> all right, all right. So you stop that now. This is 
This is com- this is this is absolutely falling apart, no. ladies and gentlemen. It's not take down. No, it's not. It's not. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but, but just, I, don't, I was going to know. Don't come out of the punk if you're not a punk. I agree with you, Kylie, and I was going to say thank you, Waza, for ensuring that both myself and Kylie may well still receive endorsements from Tesla <laughs> moving forward. That was... That's what we're about. That's what we're about. <laughs> that, that we're was, here for the money. We're here for the money. That's That was Grimes' Mythanthropocene. Hashtag I love Tesla. The last album we have for you tonight is by Cosmos, Midnight, and the album called Yesteryear. Is it Cosmos or Cosmos? I think have it's I read Cosmos, because his name's Cosmo, and it's his. Yeah, but if you take the apostrophe out, it could be Cosmos, yeah, but it, or but if you... The boy that wrote it is Cosmos, so wouldn't it be Cosmos? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go with Cosmos. Okay, cool. Here we go. Cosmo's Midnight was formed by twin brothers Cosmo. Oh, there we go. We're there. <laughs> Cosmo and Patrick Looney as oh, yeah. music duo in Sydney in 2012 after graduating from Waverley College. They provide different styles within electronic music, often with pop and R&B elements. Their tracks have been included in several compilations, such as the 2015 Ministry of Sound, Futurism 3.0, and Chill Out Sessions... Oh, Roman numerals. I think it's 18. Chill out, Sessions 18. Their music has also gotten radio play on Triple J, BBC One and KEXP. They were signed to Astral People Management after winning a future classic remix contest for Flume's Sleepless in 2012. Should I tell... Like, I've got a bit of an embarrassing story. Like, I... um. There. I remember sleep. I remember. I remember Sleepless coming out by Flume and I remember hearing it on... I guess it would have been Triple J at the time, and I was—I remember thinking, "That guy's, that's a really good song," and I'm just gonna send this guy an email and just say, "Keep up the good work." And, and did you? So I did. Uh, so I did. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's probably printed it out and put it on his wall. <laughs> this was his first major single, mind you. But six months later, that song broke globally. <laughs> uh, he. He did reply back. He said, "Oh, thanks, man." And uh, and was it then? And was it then printed that out and put it on his wall? <laughs> as as someone who was, you know, someone who was obviously, you know, so high up there in was the uh, the future electro world. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing, man! <laughs> You're so clever. I would have been a great A and R guy. I would have been a great A and R guy. Uncle, <laughs> him. uncle, uncle A and R. I'm the new Clive Davis. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> So Cosmo's Midnight released a debut single, Phantasm, featuring Nicole Miller, followed by the debut extended play, Surge, on indie label Yes Please in mid-2013. They remixed other artists, including Panama and Indian Summer, before signing to Sony Music in 2014. Uh, Cosmo's Midnight released single Snare, featuring Wild-Eyed Boy and Walk With Me, as well as the second EP Moments in 2015. They undertook their first tour of North America in 2017, and followed in August with the next single, Mind Off, featuring Kudu Blue. The duo released their debut album, What Comes Next, in June 2018, which peaked at number 36 on the ARIA album chart. 
and their new album Yesteryear has just been released. And I had a quick look at the ARIA chart this week, Arik, and it's entered at number 42. And after listening to this album, I can say I'm not surprised. This is the second of the Disco Dancefloor albums we are reviewing tonight um, in honour of our disco soul queen, Kylie Eldest. And look, the, the, the production aesthetic on this album differs from Bus Crates and that there's more of a house DJ bent towards the songwriting on this album. Um, these songs are meant to be sort of off-kilter dance floor tracks. And I, I've, I think nearly every album on this I mean, nearly every track on this album lends itself to remixing possibilities. So firstly, I guess I would say thanks, Carly, for bringing this in. Um, I know you were hesitating on what to offer up, but um, thanks for introducing me to these guys. Look, um, I I get the feeling just from some brief discussions earlier that maybe we're going to differ on this album. But like my, my mind is continually blown by the quality of young producers in this country. Like this, this album sounds like the shit like it's it's happy it's joyous it's 80s but it's current and i reckon the kids are gonna love it so look we reviewed donny benet's album a few weeks back and this sounds like an album donny could have written if it was done with zero thoughts to being tongue-in-cheek like it had elements of uh steven's album which we reviewed with liz stringer yep but uh it, but it dialed up it was dialed up to just focus on the dance four tracks um and I was thinking this on a couple of songs and then I got to a track that Stevens actually sang on. So that was quite, <laughs> quite funny. Um, the first three tracks came slamming out of the gates for me and I thought they bought it on Pop Perfection. Track one was the entree. Track two, Yesteryear's just a straight up killer track. Um, it was a single a few months back, I think. And then we hit track three and that's killer as well. And these guys like know how to nail like a million dollar chorus, like their money. Uh, track three featured Matt Young on vocals, and it actually reminded me of the Gautier, uh, the Gautier album. And Gautier was doing like a his sort of Peter Gabriel impersonation on that mega album that came out a few years ago with somebody who used to know. And there's it's a really great album actually. There's some really great sort of late seventies, early eighties influences on that. Um, very Peter Gabriel. I loved it, and I was getting that vibe on that track. Look, so make no mistake, there's no pushing of boundaries on this album. It's just really well-conceived and well-executed modern retro dance album. Is is modern re- metro? Modern, modern retro? Modern, modern, modern retro? retro. Yeah, it's, it is now. You just made it up. It, I, I, beautiful. I am putting my case for Pitchfork jobs <laughs> together tonight. That is the third genre I have come up with. I think you should put it on your, just put it on your LinkedIn. Put it on your LinkedIn. You guys are my witnesses. Like, I have just coined that. Modern retro. <laughs> Do all the songs hit? Um, no. Um, but I thought there was more hits than misses. And the misses weren't misses. They were great. Um, I really like the Anderson Pack influence, Down For You, featuring Rule. Uh, I like the sidechain compressed semi-instrumental track, The Get Down. Um, but the songs that really did it for me were the ones that had the funky bass lines and I was really interested to know who played on it because I, I thought there was some bass lines, don't they, really? There was some hot bass playing. Bass play, I'm in love clip, with the bass player. Well, if you look at the film clip to yesteryear, it suggests that maybe they play everything themselves. And if that's true, then God, like these guys are the real you deal. That because I wanted to know, because I can never tell what is real bass playing and what is, you know, machine bass playing because I, you know, because no, the bass, it's, the it's, bass is amazing on this. Yeah, there's some funky 
real bass playing going on. Um, like I, I think I'm predicting big things for these guys. I can see why Sony has signed them. Uh, the Australian obsession with revisiting the '80s is again on full show here. Um, and the All Music is Good podcast is tracking this phenomenon and. Look, we're available at any time to hand over the evidence to a Royal Commission if this becomes an issue of any kind. Um, but for me, in this instance, mid, uh, Cosmos Midnight have nailed it. Um, summer's coming. If I was in love and young and I'd be cruising down the beach with the girl in a car and I'd just be pumping this album and loving it. So there you go, Kylie. Absolutely. I'm not sure. He's loving it. Yeah, I might chime in. I'm going to go the full rebut on this and then we'll bring it home. Um, Okay. So I guess first off... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. No, no, you're right. One retro. (laughs) One retro. One retro. So your last comment was something about um, young something something? Or was it... Oh, yeah. If I I, I was young... What did you say? If I was young and in love. And I I would like to just kind of, um, I guess, send our listeners back to... Uh, I guess uh, probably our last episode um, where was a was um, so so beautifully complimented by his daughter that says you've got a young guy's haircut, um, yes. but you've got an old guy's but face. Old... <laughs> yes. um, so why would you even want to bring that up again? Seriously, well, no, no, because, I felt bad enough then. He does have very good hair. He does have great hair. Face. I mean, great hair. Um, but you know, I, I do like, yeah, I think we could all take a leaf out. I mean, if we had was his haircut, then we would certainly be able to identify around what young and in love is. Unfortunately, I don't. (laughs) My hair can identify. Right. Which may, which is going to be a nice little segue into my review. So, um, look, I, again, I think, and I'm glad you went first was because, and, and I'm glad so that well, no, no, I'm glad that you sort of set that one up because, like, again, you know, this like this whole podcast. All music is good. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, we, we me and you t- regularly hold very different positions on things. And and I guess when you review something, it, it certainly brings to light the some of the things that you think of uh, amazing. And it's just interesting because those actual things are the things that I'm not into, but that doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. So for me, well, um, it's debatable. Yeah, well, for me, like my <laughs> my 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 initial. Well, yeah, maybe you're right all the time, but um, <laughs> that's, where we're, that's where we're going. <laughs> <Okay>. But. <laughs> But for well, me, you have got the tracksuit top on, so that does that's, carry some gravitas. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I got um, too look, hot so to for me, on. like, yeah, yeah, I should probably take mine off. I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> for me, look, I, I guess like my first read of it was the album feels like it's going to be incredibly successful, um, and it's going to have a real strong Triple J youth focus. And if that's the intention, then it's absolutely hit home run. Um, it just like you know, if if I was of the age of wanting to kind of feel the feelings, um, then this would be my my vibe. You know, it like it, the tempos are right, the sounds are right. It's Do you just stop not, feeling the feelings. 
I've stopped. Yeah, feeling, he, I, he's like he likes to feel the more. Um, <laughs> what do we call it? We call it a uh, Niles from yeah, sort of it's, uh, it's, really I'm, depressing. I'm, what to kill yourself in yeah. a rainstorm kind of vibe? That's just, his, that's where he's at. That's where that's where I'm at. I'm just. And that's I'm okay. Just, as long as you call okay. us first, you know. Thanks, you Kylie. Thank you, thank you, Kylie. Um, so yeah, I think. But I've like like jokes aside, I think you've hit it on the head. Was like, um. Like this year, all of the albums that have this kind of bright aesthetic, I tend to be really repelled by. Um, and that, that which co- is why he hates your album, Carly. No, <laughs> except That's your okay. album. That's okay. I know you no. love me. You don't have to love my music. I, I love your music. If you made up an album called This Is What Unhappiness Sounds Like, I'd be all That's over true. it. That's true. That's true. If you read, just call it something else and I'll be there. Um, no, no, Waza, don't you dare. I, f- I love Kylie's album. I love you both. Um, uh, but for look, for me, um, this album, as I said, has a real kind of youth focus, summer release kind of vibe. Um, Ice featuring Stevan was the song that I kind of liked a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but like overall on my headphones, um, and I, you know, I listened to this on headphones, everything just was so bright. And like just sonically, everything was so bright, um, which of course I think just hits that kind of commercial radio success story. Um, but it's just not what my ears want to hear right now. Um, like my my overall takeaway was, um, it felt like Tame Impala through a chipmunk machine sped up. Um, you know, it had it had all of that kind of flanger super compressed drums and it sounded fucking great but i was like i just don't need more of this um that's my own personal taste um you know like you know i like just knowing what the kids are into these days the kids are always saying lo-fi man let's go more (laughs) lo-fi and um and and they've gone there in spades they've gone for this kind of lo-fi tape kind of thing but Again, it's just one of those things where I'm like, listen, you know, like you can go lo-fi, tapey kind of vibe, but, you know, everyone's doing that. So why do what everyone's doing? Um, but again, that's also why I have no work. Um, you want modern, modern. <laughs> you want modern, modern, not modern retro. Well, it's just like all go all, go all the way with the songwriting yeah. as well as the production. Get a real tape machine. Or get yeah. a real tape machine, man. Um, but again, you know, like this is a safe space. We can talk all about like my, you know, empty book. Um, uh, Too much unhappiness. Not enough happiness, Eric. That's More right. Happiness. This is this is what unhappiness looks like. Um, <laughs> it's a crumpled bed with the with yeah. the 80s tracksuit top. <laughs> that's right. Um, look. Hey, it doesn't sound good, does it? Don't worry yeah. about that. When you say it out loud, you hear what it sounds like. You do. You really do. Um, look for me. For me, the standout. I liked. Look, down for you, Ruel. Great vocal. Great chords. Had a Frank Ocean. Had a Froken. Had, sorry. Had a Frank Ocean type inspired feel. But I just mm. feel like if you're gonna go into the Frank Ocean world. Um, you gotta you gotta have the like the like the gravity of the voice to pull that off, and for me, it just felt still really kind of tweeny on the vocal. Um, so it just sort of was like, yeah, we liked Frank Ocean, we tried to make it sound Frank Oceany, but fundamentally, you know, it's just a you know, a, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm going to start shit online, but fuck it. It's a privileged yeah. Perth boy sounding like Frank Ocean, and I'm sorry, but I just can't hang out with that. Um, Are they from Sydney? Oh, Sydney. Either Sydney or Perth, one or the other. Oh, no, the same well, I think Raul, is that, is that the guy who's Yeah, Raul, Raul. Raul, I didn't think you were talking about. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Raul. Right. Um, but, but to the credit, like brilliant pop writing. Um, I can totally see why a major label would want to get right behind this. And it's going to be, and there's going to be hits. It's going to, like the record's going to have massive hits. So again, like what I think about it is kind of irrelevant. It's a hugely, it's going to be a hugely successful record and, um, and power to Well, a million people on our, a million people on our, who listen to this pod would, would think otherwise. They do want to hear what you have to say. All right. So for me, for me, it's, it's, it's just. It just kind of captures this sort of referentialness that seems to be permeating through these kind of millennial yeah, type cats where everyone's just trying to tap into an experience they haven't lived and and I'm kind of just done with it. Like I'd, I'd, I'd actually rather connect with what the experience of life has looked like rather than this sort of n- like pseudo nostalgia and I'm kind of jack of it but um, that's that just my vibe. <laughs> I'm oh, I get that, but you know, no, that's I fine. That. I think that's a valid. I do. I get that's valid. The fact of the, the people that probably don't know about you is that Eric, that you work with the youth, and that's why you have a proper vision of this whole you know thing. You can see it from the top of the pile, and that's why I love to you know to hear what you guys are talking about because you know was is coming from where his kids are listening to, but he also listens to what he wants to listen to. But you actually have to be out there amongst it, and you know in it with the kids. And I don't ever see these things, and I love it. I, I love that you guys know physically how to work the machines and how to make sounds and what it was. All I hear, I hear it, and I go, oh, this is so fun. I love this. And you're like, oh, it's fun because this, this you like it because it goes here to there. No, no. And I'm, I love They're that. both valid. They're both valid. Interesting Yeah, to me. and and potentially Why? one could enjoy life way more without that sort of level yeah. of so I'm, very, I'm very and... careful to only come close to you guys very, very, you know, like sparsely. <laughs> <Yeah>. twice, <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> what's actually going on in my alley you know your life is actually shit because you're not actually happy you just think you are because this color and that color go really well together and you like to look at them and under these circumstances <laughs> yeah every every third cycle of our neoclassicism sort of uh, bent, she comes back on and then just goes away again for another three cycles. I'm scared. That's how it's going to work. I'm scared of you guys because uh, I do love. Look, it. I, look, I think that's look, I think that's a valid experience. And as Eric said, like I chose to listen to it in the vein that Kylie listened to it in because the songs were actually really well conceived uh, as songs. Like the, the you know the key changes, it wasn't all the same. Like each song. Had something a little bit different to it. wasn't just same, samey, samey. Um, it Agreed. Just, it and the chord really progressions was were great. well thought out. And the it's chord beautiful. progressions were awesome. Yeah, the, yeah. The bass is just fantastic. And I mean, like, I, I mean, I came to this through the music. You know, the the website Jess showed me this anyway. But it's it's very clever. I love it. It's you know, it's, it's music for young people. But I love bass. And when it's like you know that song, you know uh, the. I read that they were like the down for you. That one, it's like all of them are just like bangers. But then they're like, oh, they. I read about where they said, oh, we actually realized we had to try and um, show that we could write songs other than just dance floor hits. 
Which is like, oh, damn it, we have to write something other than a dancehall hit. And, um, <laughs> other than a mega banger. <laughs> <laughs> and they wrote like a semi-book ballad, which is like down for I fucking love. I love it so much. I'm sorry, Ari. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Of course. Look, it's great. Holy- you can see these guys having a bit of a sneaky sound system career where it. like if it hits <laughs> if it hits right at the right time, like it's got that Sydney sort of sensibility to it, you know, that yeah. dance Sydney vibe. And they could be like doing twenty summers in Europe. A hundred percent playing these songs. A hundred percent. And I thought that was something there that was that they were um they were uh the same you know, when it says uh who's got it what is the fucking word for it? Anyway, Winston Surfshirt came up with it. Um, they oh, did yeah. a song with them as well. And I was wondering if they were the same kids because, you know, all the kids look the same to me these days. But um, <laughs> it, it seemed like I was trying to work out who the bass player was and it was like they, they were brothers and I'm thinking I haven't seen them, but I know the guys from Winston Surfshirt because we, we've done some gigs with them in Sydney. Um, but, yeah, it was so amazing to see that there is a, there's a community of music up there as well, you know, that we have here in Melbourne. I just didn't think they had in Sydney and it's so cool to see them doing that and enjoying it and, playing awesome, fun party music, even ballads like that song that I love. But, mm, yeah, sorry, guys. Mm, I, I really mm. don't understand what it is that I like. I mean, what you know, when people say they like McDonald's, they don't understand that they like salt, sugar and fat in the one place. And that's what I love about, you know, my music. <laughs> so, no, but I think there's something there. I mean, I th- like, you know, I think we've all agreed that the songwriting is just hitting a – like it's just – it's it is really good songwriting like you know it does all the bits it does all the things um and the bass i think mummy you know my critique is coming from nothing to do with the overall experience of listening to it the depressing life that you're leading yeah yeah yeah, whether i'll tell more about that later but um (laughs) the only thing i look forward to is you know getting screamed at by a cuban boxing coach i mean this is where i'm at Oh, that's exciting. Hang on a second, Eric. You you had some I saw on Instagram last night that you had some love with our previous guests. Oh, that's uh, true. Chicken curry recipe, huh? which we're both cooked now and was a complete winner. Thank but, you, Kumashome. Thank you, Kumashome. And Kylie, we will share that we will share that recipe with you because that is something else. Thank um, you very much. I did previously ask for it. Because <laughs> I'm excited about it. It's the real deal. So why don't we go around the board and uh, and score this? Let's go. I might start actually. I'm going to start. I'm going to give this a like again. You know that's a beautiful thing about that all music is a good podcast is like once you kind of share share some bread with your fellow co-hosts, it kind of sh- shapes your review a bit differently. Um, yeah. And again, like you know, hearing what you said, Kylie, about this kind of you know, that kind of Sydney, like Sydney music scene culture that we so often like just hang shit on, but like, <laughs> well, we you know, for a while, cause they just shut it all down, didn't they? Now look at yeah, us. Yeah, But, but <laughs> now, now look at us, you know? <laughs> um, so like, like with that all said and, you know, and, and that's the whole Sydney scene. I mean, that, well, they went to Waverley college. So I guess they're Bondi, Bondi boys. Um, that well, Wave. I think Waverley's in that area, eastern no, eastern no suburbs. Um, yeah, I totally get it. I, you know, um, it's going to do well, and they and they're going to have a really really great career, and they're going to think nothing of the man in uh, in Brunswick who, <laughs> who who had some issues. Um, so with that all said, can't lose. 
you can't lose exactly um so look i was gonna give it a i was give it i was gonna give it a go the distance loss but i'm gonna i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna change it and i and i do need to pay respect to it is really awesome production skills and the songwriting is strong so i'm gonna give it a uh a split decision on this one wow look at you go that's nice. A Thanks, voice. guys. Oh, uh, you know, I I love it, and um, so but you know, I I like to keep something in my back pocket for for other times. So, I think um, I'm gonna have to uh, give it an uh, an eight. I think it's gonna be an eight. It's a knockout. Is that really a knockout? Is that a technical knockout or a knockout? It's a knockout. That's the name of the game, Carly. Okay, I'm giving it an eight. It's a knockout. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't get All my right. answer, knockout reference. That's okay. No worries. <laughs> no, I didn't get it. Um, I you. What's your name again? <laughs> never re- remember that song. I remember that show. Sorry, it's a knockout. Yeah, I remember great, that. Um, great, great show. It's a knockout. Yeah, well, the, the catchphrase, it's a knockout. That's the name of the game. Anyway, <laughs> oh, just ruined your score. So that's a knockout to Kylie. Um, look, Arik, I will say thank you for um, up uh, scaling your, your score on that because Carly, unbeknownst to you, Eric called me 15 minutes before the uh, pod and said, oh, my God, this album is terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, and he was fishing for me to just go with him. And I just wasn't giving him anything. <laughs> was I? No. Nothing. All right. All right. All right. We'll correct the I'm, record when we stop, stop, stop the tape. I may have sent him the same information about the Nils. <laughs> no, he didn't. Like, that's a lie. He didn't say it was terrible. He just was not. He wasn't vibing with it. Look, Carly, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to... So this is uh, where we're 11 rounds in and no one expected it and it just, they knocked him out. They, they, he just threw a right punch, was not expecting it. Bang. On the canvas, down for the count. This is, uh, this is an eight. This is, this is strong, this album. And uh, I really, I wish the best for them and I hope they do really well with this because I think it deserves it. Uh, it's, it's that quality. So uh, two knockouts and a split one decision. split decision. <laughs> a split decision. Yes, we got that. We uh, look, Arik. Thank. Yeah. <laughs> look, it's it's been a, it's been a great week. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, Kylie. Um, Arik normally does these outros, so I'm I'm just gonna like throw it over to him because it's sort of a bit weird me doing it. Thanks, was Kylie. I'll be given a second to talk after this, so I want to say thank you very much to everybody concerned, and I want to say thank you very much for letting me, um, you know, wear my best clothes on TV. And um, I hope it's been a knockout for you guys. I've certainly enjoyed it, and I hope that we can spar again at a later date. It has been nothing short of a knockout, um, Kylie. So great to see you. Um, and again, once again, a huge congratulations on the release of your of your most recent record. For anyone tuning in, go listen to it, buy it, buy it on Bandcamp. Fuck it, just call Kylie and she'll just, you know, sell it for cash. How to use sell JB it for cash out. <laughs> yeah, buy it at JB Hi-Fi. Buy it out of buy it out of Waz's boot. He's rolling through the out of southeast. He's got a. I'll big, throw in a Sivlaki with it. He's got a big neon sign. No, but like jokes aside, amazing effort, you guys, um, and huge congratulations. It's a fucking amazing record, and uh, so great to have you guys on. Well, was a obviously you're obliged, but Kylie, <laughs> yes. so great, so great to have you on. Um, you. you know, this week, and uh, and best of luck, best of luck with the folding of the laundry and the painting, and and. Uh, 
and getting the, Jimmy off the PlayStation and, and getting Jimmy off the PlayStation. <laughs> like, I love the show you can. Thank you so much, and we love you. Thank you so much, Kylie. Thank you, Waza. This has been the All Music po- Is Good podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>